Okay, there you go. I was going to say, there's got to be some audio there. There was there. Come on. Maybe it was on the other side. All right, we're going to start that again, and we'll just edit it on out. From Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, this is The Fetch, and you are live inside the eye. Today's date is again Saturday, January the 13th, 2024, and a good... Good morning to everyone up and down the Americas and on into Canada. And a good late Sunday morning in East Asian time zones. And, of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web, may all be well with you and yours. It's been an absolutely beautiful day here in Riyadh with daytime highs hitting 83 degrees under largely clear skies with some mid-level clouds wafting through the area every now and then. Current temperature is 70 degrees at just after 7 in the evening. Winds are a calm 6 miles per hour coming out of the south-southeast in the overnight low is expected to get down to 57 degrees so overall a very very nice winter day here that nice weather of course is not the case actually what is kind of in the news this coming week especially for our friends in the uk they are looking forward to somewhat of a prolonged ice and snow spell as global warming really starts to bite up in uh, Scotland, Northern Ireland, that part of the area, Arctic winds are expected to become established across the UK by tomorrow, bringing drops in the temperature, widespread overnight frost. Both areas are saying here, uh, covered by the warnings and but from the Met Office, I guess that's their Metropolitan Weather Office, saying roads, railways are expected to be affected, longer journey times by road, bus, train services. Of course, in the UK, and I've never, ever honestly been a fan of color codes. I think it's basically third grade level stupidity. But it's the UK, nothing, it's UK technocrats. How about that? UK technocrats, they're like little baby five-year-olds. It's yellow, everybody. We're going to have a yellow coat tomorrow. Oh, my goodness, it's going to be yellow. Yeah, I find it stupid. But nonetheless, it's, uh, once again, it's the technocrats running the UK. So they're going to be what they call their yellow code. So you're looking at some coastal routes, seafronts, coastal communities are going to be affected by spray, large waves, ferries are going to be affected, buses, everything. So it's going to be, it's going to be somewhat of a, a cold week this coming week in the UK. And of course, tonight, 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 we have something going on in the United States. It's a game between Kansas City. And the Miami Dolphins, it's going to be played in the Midwest, in Kansas City. It's expected to be one of the coldest, if not the coldest, American football game played. Kicks, kicks going to kick off at 7 o'clock p.m. The air temperature at kickoff is forecast to be around 0 degrees Fahrenheit with a wind chill, something down to minus 22 degrees. There's going to be some sustained winds of 15 to 20 mile per hour gusts up to 40 miles per hour there throughout the game. And of course, I can't even imagine sitting through that. How, I, that's insane. But anyways, by game's end, the air temperatures are expected to dip to minus 2 degrees with a wind chill of around minus 23 degrees. So, I, again, that, that, that's football, but I can't imagine doing that. I honestly can't. The coldest game in American football, and this is what I call old-school America. Old-school America was just a different world. Uh, it, it just was. The chilliest game here, NFL history, took place New Year's Eve, 1967. It was called the Ice Bowl. It was played in Lambeau Field up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And it was played between Green Bay and the Dallas Cowboys. Temperatures that day was minus 13 degrees with a wind chill factor of, get this, everybody, minus 
48 degrees. Players and people that were actually there said it was like playing in a meat freezer. And when you looked into the stands, all you saw was frost coming out of people's mouths, you know, all this steam coming out of everybody's mouth. They nicknamed that the ice bowl. And then you had another one called the freezer bowl that took place in January 1982. Now, this was even worse due to uh, wind chills. It was a 1981 AFC Championship game. It was on January the 10th, 1982. Amid the temperatures there, it was minus 9 degrees with wind chills. Get this, everybody. Minus 59 degrees below zero. That's less than 40 degrees C, everybody, if you know, because 40 degrees C and Fahrenheit match up. So you know that right around 40, they're even. So I'll tell you, it's less than minus 40 degrees zero. And I can't even imagine playing in something like that. You know what I mean? I just, why? Why would you go? But, you know, that's old school America, to be honest with you. You know, you just you grinned, you bared, you got your way through it. You might die in the process, you know. Neither hail nor wind nor sleet nor snow will stop the, the mailman from his appointed out or his appointed dues or whatever the case was back in the day. But guys, that's old school America, and it still kind of survives in American football today. And to those of you who are older, you kind of understand what it is. It's like listening to your parents telling you that, um, you know, we had to go to school. It's kind of chilly down the floor here. Excuse me a second, because my feet, I'm actually getting like, we have to put a jacket on Anyways, I, feel, I just feel kind of chilled, like I'm catching sniffles. But anyways, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the old school Americans, listen to your parents talk about how, you know, the, and places like that, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyways, it's going to be an interesting week weather-wise, uh, certainly in the U.K. And tonight, I, I don't know, man. It's, that's insane. All right. Uh, some, some interest, not interesting, um, unfortunate news, I think would be the best way to say this, especially in the blogosphere. We have a case, uh, Gonzalo Lira. He is a, he was a, uh, vlogger coming out of Ukraine. He was highly critical of the Ukrainian government. And of course, what very few people want to talk about is the fact that the Ukrainian government's Jewish. It's a Jewish government. It's not a Ukrainian government. This is a Jewish government through and through. It's a gay, faggot, Jewish government. So you can imagine just how totalitarian this government is. What they're doing to the Ukrainian people are abs- is absolutely uh, nightmarish, horrendous, whatever you want to call it. But uh, Gonzalo Lero, he was probably one of the tier one guys out there covering events on geopolitics. Fetch is nowhere near that. I don't do enough work. I think you've got you know some good people out there. I think that this, this circle that included Gonzalo Lira is uh Alex Mercurius if you follow this guy you've got uh, Alex Cristoforo together they do a, a show called the Duran you've got uh, uh I forget his name something Ber- Berletic or something like that he's got a show called the Atlas he had actually back in the back in the mid teens early teens he actually had I believe a pretty good a pretty good darn good blog that I think I used to actually follow so the guy's been around a long time if he's the same guy I'm thinking about but anyways, Gonzalo Lira, 
uh, apparently has passed away this week uh, after been arrested. Apparently, he had escaped. He tried to get out of the country. But this was a stupid guy. Seriously, he's still in Ukraine. Okay, he's still in Ukraine, and he's vlogging about how he's trying to escape. How stupid can you get, right? He goes live while he's trying to escape out of Ukraine that he had purportedly just escaped from a prison. Some some people just, I don't know. You know, guys, I just don't know sometimes. Anyways, in a private email to Gonzalo Lira's father, the U.S. State Department acknowledged that it was aware of Lira's hospitalization by at least December. Um, Gonzalo Lira apparently has died from what they're calling anyways. This is all purported because who knows? It's all a theater sometimes. But uh, suffered from pneumothorax. And that is a condition of leaking and collapsing lungs often caused by trauma to the chest. Now, if that's the case, he probably was smashed in the chest under some type of, you can call it torture, uh, roughing him up, whatever the case may be. So anyways, he has died. Um, Mr. Lira, coming from the State Department, the letter says, thank you for your correspondence. We are aware of Mr. Gonzalo Lira's hospitalization and remain in close contact with his lawyer and Ukrainian authorities regarding his medical situation. We take our role of assisting U.S. citizens abroad seriously and are providing all appropriate assistance possible. Given Ukraine's current security situation, we attended his December 22 hearing virtually and will also attend subsequent hearings virtually. And that's coming from American Citizen Services Unit uh, in Kiev. Now, I- I've been assassination attempt in Canada. And uh, from my experience, I, I was uh, beat up pretty bad. I had seven fractures starting from my my uh, ribs, you know, all the way into my pelvis. My I was thrown down to the ground so hard, my my leg went into my pelvis and actually cracked inside the pelvis. I couldn't move. It was, I mean, it was disaster for me. And I remember calling the American Citizen Services Unit at the U.S. Embassy in Canada because we have an agreement that if you're a victim of a crime in Canada, then the Canadian government would be responsible for the hospitalization. And the case is also true for Canadians visiting America. So if you are actually a victim of a crime in America, the United States government would pick up the tab for any Canadian citizen. And so I, I remember calling American Citizen Services. Don't know, don't really recall the woman's name. And, uh, you know, she was uh, a little bit helpful, a little bit. She did get the police to come out, our CMP, take a report. But the Canadians who were behind this were, chat, were actually Palestinians. Um, they were there to pretty much thwart everything. They had, like, they, they were literally, it was a... It was an interesting scenario. It was an interesting time of my life, say to, to say the least. You know, trying to escape out, uh, getting an airplane out. No, 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 uh, no, what do you say this? No uh, transportation to the airport. I remember walking in snow seriously with a really bad damaged leg, um, still broken up. And I walked probably a mile, mile and a half to get to the airport, uh, from my location that they had set up for me at a hotel. It was just a, a strange, strange time. So yeah, I, I not obviously not as serious a situation as Gonzalo Lero. Uh, again, he was, um, uh, you know, he, he he made some news. I mean, he, he even uh, 
Tucker Carlson, you know, spoke about Mr. Gonzalo Lerosa. Again, it's a very difficult time for those of us in Again, it's relative, guys. But anyways, in the vlog business, obviously, uh, it just reminds you that it's a dangerous world. You know, it is a dangerous world. Now, I feel pretty safe here and in Jordan, uh, in the Middle East. Uh, they've been very good to me. The uh, authorities have been very good to me. Um, governments have been, you know, the governments aren't supportive. You know, you can't say that. But. You know, people are very supportive. I can only say, I can only say that. Obviously, it's not, nothing's official, but I, everyone's been very, very kind to me, very supportive. So I feel very fortunate to be bringing you information from a location like Saudi, like Jordan, because these are places that honestly are about as safe as you can get to deal with the type of content we are dealing with. So that is the latest on Mr. Gonzalo Lear, and I assume we won't be hearing too much of that story now. Uh, let's see if you'd like to join us. Um, I'm actually still tampering with video logging, so I haven't done anything live today, but if you want to go into speakfreeradio.com, speakfreeradio.com, click on the, uh, uh, speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. That'll get you into the back end of the studio. Just disable your mic or something and I won't put you in, but, uh, we're actually streaming video again. We've mixed it up a little bit. Let me see how it's working. And there are a few people there. Who's there? We're okay. I got a, a Morpheus there and an Anon there. So anyways, uh, the camera is not actually working. Let me see if I can move that to the camera. Hold on here. All right, there you go. So the uh, camera is actually working. That is the new new set, so to speak. So, guys, uh, welcome there. If you'd like to get into the show today, um, yeah, yeah. Question: Morpheus was asking in the chat room at my uh, studio at I, at Speak Free Radio. Uh, why did Gonzalo stay so long in Ukraine in the first place? You know, good question. You know, with the way he was talking, it's a Jewish. You know, the problem with a lot of these guys. They don't understand Jewish uh, Talmudic tyranny. They, they they don't even buy into the fact that Jews might be not good for your health, you know, that they're just there's there's something about them. They don't give a damn about it, anybody. If you're a goy and they just stay and wait. And uh, some of us, we get it. We're understanding of it. But, yeah, I don't know why he would stay so long, especially with what he was doing. Maybe he presumed because he was an American, he'd be protected. And I can assure you that is not the case uh, at all. Uh, I have had people come to me, honestly, and tell me, Fetch, you know, careful with what you're doing uh, this week, that week, careful what you say, that type of thing. But I've got people watching my back, uh, fortunately. But in the case of Gonzalo Lira, apparently not. Uh, he just kept going on and discussing things that are obviously uh, not a smart thing to do when Jews control the narrative of a totalitarian state. Um, not unlike Israel, you know, the same thing would have happened to him in Israel. He probably would have had his face bashed in, um, beat to hell, and, and then probably died in Israel equally. They're both kind of like the same state. All right, if you'd like to get into the mix, you guys, inside the ITEL studio here, uh, just uh, say, hey, we'd like to go live, and uh, I'll put you live. So otherwise, I'll just let you hang because I assume you want to hang. All right. Um, video looks good, guys. I think it's pretty good. That's, I think I'll use this one. That's pretty good. All right. So uh, let's start with tunnels. I think Hamas has been uh, 
burrowing deeper and deeper into the various tunnels. And uh, they, they apparently went underground. They made it under Italy. Uh, they made, they were trying to come up through the Vatican, you know, which is probably the most uh, important, one of the more important religious uh, centers in the world. And they made a mistake. Um, apparently their GPS was a little off and they showed up coming up uh, under New York, under the Kabad, stud- uh, Kabad synagogue, actually the headquarters, believe it or not, the headquarters of Kabad, there's a tunnel and you know, I, I you, you have to wonder. You know, we we were just discussing the other week that when you really break it down, Kabad, Kabad is the one. They are the global control center. Be, you know, including the WEF. I think you have to include the WEF, World Health Organization. But Kabad, when it comes to the governments, is one of the most powerful. Um, religious, quasi-religious organizations ever. Uh, if you look, every single president that's ever come through the ranks, you'll see a bunch of Kabad rabbis just oogling over was the president signed something on their behalf. It's Kabad that was behind and the Lubavitchers that are behind this whole New World Order idea, this whole idea of preaching and teaching Noahide laws and sh- cutting everybody's heads off. If you don't follow what Jews tell you what to do and you only got seven things you got to follow. Other than that, you're just a slave to Jews. You know, that's kind of, it's oversimplistic, but it ain't that obviously simplistic. You have, um, same thing in Russia. You know, see, you see a lot of Kabad hanging around Ukraine. You looked at Boris Johnson back in the day. He was just surrounded by Kabad. Just everybody's surround. And if you look all over, you're going to find that Kabad is literally everywhere. Kabad is the main power broker in virtually every major Western country. You go down into Argentina with Hillel again. Kabad. The guy gets nominated. His first trip is to go uh, pay a uh, uh, respect to Kabad up in New York. Now we see that Kabad's headquarters has some, I don't know, they're saying a five foot wide by eight foot tall or eight foot wide by five foot tall tunnel underneath. And it's like they're bringing out these really dirty, soiled mattresses. And I hear that they're just going to close it down. They're going to bring in cement and clothes. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Stop. How about doing an investigation? What's really going on in there? And it's like, no, we're going to cover this thing up right away. <laughs> Been a lot of, of course, kvetching, if you want to use that term, kvetching by uh, the ADL. And uh, some of the things the ADL has been saying is, let's find some of these stories here. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? There you are. Um, it says here, this is from the ADL. Tunnel discovered under Kabad headquarters sparks anti-Semitic firestorm online. Well, first of all, who builds tunnels underneath their headquarters? Honestly. And you're going to tell us it's just a bunch of uh, random kids? And here you are, the most powerful institution in the world and you've got tunnels underneath and there was a case a while ago some guy was he lives not far from there he said hey i hear hebrew underneath my apartment and everyone's like like you're insane you're crazy you know you, you know you're just hearing voices and then this came out and said see i wasn't crazy it's like so this has been going on a while it's not just like nine kids so there's something much more sinister to this and the fact that you know, we do know that there is a war going on. One has to wonder, is this good guys, bad guys? Did whatever happened to all this? But anyways, 
Uh, ADL came out and said on January the 8th, 2024, so it's been a while here, clashes broke out at the Kabad Lubavitch World Headquarters in Brooklyn, known as 770. Should be 729. That's like, anyway, should be 729. Over, I mean, just esoterically, okay, not factually. Over a passageway allegedly constructed by students. That's right, allegedly from students. We don't buy it from students. I don't buy it. Could have been, but I don't buy it. From uh, adjacent properties into the synagogue. This passageway referred to as a tunnel in the media was discovered in December of 2023 when a cement truck came to fill it in. Skirmishes broke out between the police and the involved. I don't know. That just sounds really strange to me to be putting tunnels inside of your, uh, it just sounds strange to me. So anyways, you know, the kebab just to kind of keep it uh, going here is an Orthodox of Jewish Hasidic organization. Uh, Kabad spokesperson called the men who are accused of digging the pathway extremists. Kabad is extremist, folks. Kabad is probably the most extremist organization in the world. Kabad is behind Netanyahu. Kabad is behind the settler movement. Kabad is part of uh, Jared Kushner clan. So by extension, Kabad is Donald Trump. And, of course, Donald Trump, I haven't haven't heard him say a thing about this, but when you break it all down, Kabad is Israel. So this is not like it's just some small thing here. Now, they're talking here, age-old anti-Semitic conspiracy theories are rampant, ran rampant on social media after the story broke with hate-filled Rhetoric percolating. Again, what type of English is this? You know what I mean? Hate-filled rhetoric. And you notice everything. There's nothing hate-filled about. So it, it kind of tells you that Jews are idiots. Folks, they're idiots. Stop pandering to idiots. It's not hate-filled. It's just commentary. Again, Jews aren't, they don't understand English. Why would you say hate-filled? Because you're an idiot. And again, take back the language from these morons. They don't even understand English. Basic observation is supposed to be hate? No, you freaking morons. Go back to Israel. Jeez. Anyways, it's the fetch. Inside the ally. Back after this. You're listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. Hello, I'm Jody Kay, and I'm here to tell you about my debut album, The Acorn. The Acorn is a concept album with 14 tracks. It's an album of three parts. The first part is in honor and memory of those who have lost their lives or had their lives taken. The middle section honors traditional folklore. The second half is dedicated to us, to inspire us, and to remind us of our duty to preserve our history and our culture so that we can pass this on to future generations. The album is available on CD and digital download from my website, 
www.jodyk.com. I think there are two ways in which people are controlled. First of all, frighten people, and secondly, demoralize them. An educated, healthy, and confident nation is harder to govern. And I think there's an element in the thinking of some people. We don't want people to be educated, healthy, and confident because they would get out of control. <laughs> the top 1% of the world's population own 80% of the world's wealth. It's incredible that people put up with it. They're poor, they're demoralized, they're frightened. And therefore they think perhaps the safest thing to do is take orders and hope for the best. everybody welcome back those of you the two of you right now cheers cheers here in saudi because they don't drink alcohol they have uh, tons of juices you can buy a lot of it's just relatively cheap you know it's, a, it's at a fair price and uh what can i say this is actually pomegranate juice that i'm drinking here it's from a dairy called almirai i'll kind of show you guys here it's Almirai. You're plugging Almirai. Almirai is a very good company, though. I mean, I've visited them and met a lot of their people, trained some of their people, and it's a very, very good company. So, all right, cheers to Almirai. You guys got some plug. I had to charge you. All right. Anyways, if you want to join us in the video portion of this, you can join us again at speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. That is speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. Put in the chat room um, that you'd like to go live, and I will then bring you into the into the mix. Otherwise, you're just going to be an observer. So anyways, too. And on there, you're not connected, so you're easy. All right. Uh, where were we? We were talking about uh, Kabad and how, uh, you know, Hamas just got, just got lost, ended up showing up at Kabad's headquarters. It would be fitting, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of funny if that actually happened. It'd be amazing, actually. You know, all those, all those industrious, all those industrious Hamas guys, uh, making their all, all the way to New York. That'd be, that'd be pretty, pretty awesome, man. That, that would be awesome. Anyways, uh, of course, we've got uh, Middle East here. Not a whole lot is being said here in Saudi, at least that I'm aware of. 
But nonetheless, the Israelis are, I've heard that they have now pulled out of parts of Gaza and the northern parts of Gaza actually pulled out. They're having a tough go. Uh, Hamas is basically kicking their butt. But the most important part of what's happening here in the Middle East is the Israelis taken before the International Criminal Criminal Court of Justice or International Court of Justice, something like that, where they're being accused of um, genocide by South Africa, which is rich. You know what I mean? The South Africans, which are committing genocide against their own white population, or at least a portion of their white population, is now uh, filing a genocide claim against Israel. And I was actually able to watch a lot of it. And you know, it's just a preliminary injunction type of thing, so I'm not sure how it's going to all break out. We'll just have to wait for the courts to decide. But essentially, you know, the, the, what they've come through is very clear. You know, what have the Israelis done? They've talked about uh, cutting off all water, all electricity, all fuel, all food. Well, if that's not an uh, uh, intent to commit genocide, I really don't know what is. You know, they've actually killed, get this, they've killed over 1% of the population. They've destroyed or damaged sixty three percent, something like that. Sixty three percent of the of the uh, uh, residential buildings inside of Gaza. You've actually got photos of Israeli soldiers wiring up entire apartment blocks, or at least an entire apartment blocks, and then laughing and joking while they just blew the entire block up. Now, if you're blowing up civilian infrastructure and where people could find a place to, to at least shelter and live, then what are you trying to do? I mean, shelter is primary number one when it comes to human basic needs. It's shelter, food, water, pretty much, right? And internet nowadays, not just kidding. But, uh, you know, the way I look at it is very clear that Israel is intending to commit genocide. When you are trying to ethnically cleanse the entire portion of Gaza, move everybody on, now they want to try to move them to Congo. What the hell are you going to try to move all these Palestinians to Congo for? How about we move all of the Israelis to Congo? How about we put them, I don't know, I don't know, just put them on a maybe a couple oil rigs in the middle of nowhere somewhere until they basically all die off. I mean, you cannot engage in the behavior that the Israelis have been behaving in. From They dropped like, what, 60,000 bombs, something like that? 60,000 tons of bombs on, on Gaza, something like that? They've raised entire neighborhoods, literally where it's just rubble. I mean, it's just dust, dust. Where are you going to go with dust? I mean, think about it. It's dust. And then the Israelis have the nerve to say, well, they're not moving back. And you know, and you want to just look at these Israelis, these Jews, and say, you know, you got to be the dumbest mother f's around. Seriously, are you really? I mean, they are this that stupid. There's that they're they're really this psychopathic. Uh, what else? You know, you have uh, what's not being reported is what's going on in the West Bank. It's even it's not as bad. It's not like we're seeing you know two thousand ton bombs dropped on on uh, the West Bank, but the the amount of oppression that is going on in the West Bank right now is just through the roof. You know, unilateral detentions, nightly raids, you name it. It's just an absolute nightmare for the Palestinians right now. And of course, theoretically. What is the West Bank is cut off from Gaza. They're not even ruled or governed by the same 
sect. So, you know, it's not the sect. You got Hamas here and you got the Palestine Liberation Organization. I don't know what they're called nowadays uh, in uh, in uh, the West Bank. So they're different political parties. Everything is different about these two. They're actually isolated. There is no unity between what's in Gaza and what's in the West Bank. So theoretically, what happened down in Gaza had nothing to do with the West Bank. But nonetheless, the oppression is just through the roof. So that is gone. The Israelis have done a rebuttal. They're basically saying that what the uh, Palestinians did on October the 7th was itself a, a, a tantamount to genocide. But that's actually, that's the lie. That's where the, the entire deception was built on October 7th as a deception. All of the death was caused by Jews against themselves. It wasn't Hamas. Hamas actually, from all indications, actually ran a very sophisticated military operation. What apparently they didn't do, and others have commented about this, is they didn't, they didn't keep the, uh, you want to call them freeloaders, but they didn't want to, they didn't keep the non-professionals from coming in and just exacting revenge. You know, people down in Gaza maybe lost a cousin or something. They just came up and just did something crazy. They didn't prevent that operation from happening or that part of the, the mayhem from happening, which was actually their responsibility from a military sense. So you did have a lot of this. Just non-combatants coming in and making problems. And that was something that Hamas should have controlled better. But, of course, they didn't do it. Um, so that's on them. But nonetheless, it's clear, as far as I can see, that what is happening in Gaza is an, it's, it's, it's a Nakba. They're trying to commit genocide again. Hello. Come on. Come Got a cot here. She's looking at me. She wants to eat. Uh, she, she wants to eat. She's so cute when she's hungry, though. Mm, where was I? And uh, so anyways, that's the ICJ. It happened uh, yesterday, day before. I, I actually did watch some of it. It was actually kind of boring. There you are. Hello, sweetie. See her tail. All right, there she goes. She's going to sleep, hopefully. All right, anyways, uh, what else? Uh, they've actually made now references that they're ex expected now to bring the United States government uh, before the International Criminal Court of Justice because uh, they are supporting the genocide, plain and simple. They are behind it. They're, they're, they're funding it. They're arming it. They're allowing it. And so there's a very big, uh, a big, big line now that the United States is actually going to be brought before the International Criminal Court of Justice, and we will see, of course, what happens. Nothing's really going to happen, but at least it's going to be a big, uh, let's just say, a big PR problem for the neocons and the Jews that are actually running the United States. What else is news uh, as far as that area? Of course, uh, Yemen. The other issue is Yemen. Yesterday, I was watching, I fell asleep with the internet on, right? I woke up, it was Sky News out of, I think, uh, either the UK or Australia. And Sky News has been pretty good as far as what they cover, especially when it came to the pandemic with the vaccines. And they've been actually covering that side of things pretty good. But yesterday we had, or the day before, we had a major attack by the United States and the UK on about, I don't know, 30, 40, I don't know, 60 sites. I heard something as high as 60 sites in Yemen. Uh, 
Some of these bases, the Yemenis are saying, look, they were already closed. It's like, knock them out. Try them again. Go bomb them again. Go ahead. There, we'll let you do it. But nonetheless, we've heard today more attacks today where the United States is attacking largely radar sites along the coastline, coastal radar. Of course, that's very important for launching various drones um, for intelligence, you know, to know where the ships are, how to launch the drones, that type of thing. So we've had two major escalations. But yesterday, or was it this morning? I think it was yesterday. I think it was this morning or last night. Last night. It was like Sky News was bringing guest after guest after guest after guest. And every guest was saying the exact same thing. This attack is to preserve the international maritime routes you know we're here to keep the seas open to allow for international trade that if we don't keep this open it's going to cause prices to skyrocket in europe and all of us are going to pay for it it is our responsibility it's not our they're not saying like it's their responsibility but they're saying oh we warned the yemenis we're trying to you know we tried to warn them they just wouldn't listen and so we were no choice we had to do this and like you know you just had a you just had a 10-year war between Saudi Arabia and Yemen. In 2017, I was at uh, an airbase southwest. I won't say which airbase, but I was down there doing some work. And uh, I'll tell you, they were the jets were just, it was crazy. The, the amount of sorties they were flying out of there was absolutely insane. And uh, busy, busy, busy base. I remember talking to an air traffic controller. You know, he said, oh, "They used to call me teacher because, uh, or, or or doctor, because they think I'm a doctor." And they used to say, "Teacher or doctor, you know, it's hectic. I want a vacation, you know, because they're 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 managing the airspace over southwestern, southern uh, Saudi Arabia." And so many sorties. They're flying so many sorties every day. I met with a, a main leader, head of uh, aerospace strategy here. And they're saying, look, it's expensive to fly these FA-18s. Uh, what we need is like a Predator drone. We need something that's a little bit more cost-effective than what we're doing. And I, I kind of, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I do get it, you know, that type of thing. So anyways, I was kind of intricately involved in all that. And... um after 10 years, the truth of the matter is, is that you can blow rubble up and move rubble around, but without boots on the ground, you're not going to be able to hold anything. And when you look at the United States and Britain's efforts here, what are they going to do? What, you're going to just blow things, move rubble from point A to point B after a while? You really think you're going to accomplish something? Saudis did it for 10 years, and they had some boots on the ground. It didn't work at all. It didn't work at all. So what are you going to do? You got the UK coming out and saying, well, you know, Iran has to do something against its proxies. The Houthis aren't a proxy. You know, a proxy might be, let's say, a small unit inside of, uh, inside of, uh, let's say, Syria that doesn't have a whole lot of political power. But you can't call Hezbollah proxy. It's part of the freaking government of Lebanon. You can't call the Houthis a proxy. It's it, it runs the vast majority of Yemen. You just can't do it. You, and you're not going to be able to put boots on the ground in Yemen. So what's going to happen here? Bide your time. Now, 
I, I mean, I can't speak for the Houthis, but if I'm the Houthis, I look and say, okay, fine. What type of assets do I have against me? How many missiles does uh, one of these destroyers have? How many missiles does this type of thing have? I'm going to shoot off about, I don't know, thirty, forty, six thousand $6,000 drones. The Americans are going to spend and the British are going to expend who knows how many missiles at $1.5 million a piece of missile or 400000 whatever the case may be. Like on this last uh, attack, they they what? They fired off something like a hundred or sixty, or whatever the case is. Something, some ridiculous figure of uh, uh, Tomahawk cruise missiles at a million dollars a pop. Okay, we burned sixty million dollars to just move some rubble around, just so you guys can go help your buddies in Israel because the Israelis are getting their asses kicked because they should get their asses kicked. Yeah, the, the Israelis aren't our friends. And now we just wait. We had a, we had the Iranians go and take a, a American ship the other day, and it's funny because it was the exact same ship that the Americans took like a year ago. It was full of crude, so the Iranians they allowed this thing to get filled up with crude, and what they do, they just captured the ship again, and they're going to go take the crude right back. You know, the U.S. government, if you want to call it a government, is a mafia. It's it's like a criminal organized unit. They steal everything. High piracy. Lock up people's assets. Now they're looking to steal $300 billion of Russia's foreign reserves. Money that Russia has stored overseas in, in various inter, international central banks. And they're looking to steal 200 to 300 really up to $300 billion. You mean, let me get this straight. The Russians are going to steal... $300 billion and give it to Ukraine without any say, just hand it to a bunch of Jews in, in Ukraine who are going to burn it, probably buy a couple yachts, and who knows what they're going to do with it, but you're just going to steal Russian assets? Guys, we're at, the situ- we're at a, we're at a uh, situation now where, frankly, it's going to be impossible to resolve anything unless America's neocon Jew- Jewish uh, infrastructure and in the UK is destroyed. And if you really think about it, would we be in a position today, right now, today, if we the people had the means to take out the neocons? We've been saying that they're a danger ever since Iraq. So over 20 years ago, literally 22, 23 years ago, even before that, going all the way back to the Iraq war in 1991, to to the American people. They've been a disaster for the American people. They're all just a bunch of armchair generals. They're going to move divisions here. They're going to move this army here. They're going to move this Air Force there as if they really know what they're doing. They don't. They're idiots. The neocons are like John Bolton, whom, frankly, to his credit, he never should have put him in, but to his credit, Donald Trump called an idiot. The guy is an idiot. Never met a war he didn't like. They don't have to fight these things. They just, they're dreamers. Oh, I'm going to move this army here and I'm going to move it. And they think they're so intelligent. They've lost everything they've ever done. They, they lost in Iraq. They lost in Afghanistan. They lost pretty much everything. They're idiots. They lost Ukraine. They're idiots. And you know, we wouldn't be in this situation today if we had actually, if we had actually, uh, just, taking care of business, and uh, 
done away with these guys, just taken taken them out. It would have been a much better situation if we had just taken them out, but we didn't do that. We keep letting them play their games, do their think tanks, and pretend that they're oh so intelligent. And guess what? Now we're in a situation where we're losing in the Middle East. We're going to lose our favorite ally, the Jewish people. Oh, boy, right? That's probably nobody's loss. They're losing Ukraine. That was not going to be our loss. They lost Afghanistan. They lost Iraq. They lost Syria. They lost Libya. They're losing Africa. In the meantime, the dollar continues to collapse. Why? Because these idiots weaponized the dollar. And, you know, it's a case where you could say that the dollar is uh, not yours. It's not mine. It's not our money. It's owned by the Federal Reserve. So if they want to collect their money back, got to pay them plus interest. You know, you could actually say something like that if you wanted to. I'm not saying it's a valid thing to say, but it's kind of true. If you think about it, it's all kind of true. And um, unfortunately, we're in a we're in a current situation where they are continuing to destroy the dollar. They're continuing to destroy U.S. sovereignty. Continue to destroy the U.S. economy for what? <clears throat> For their project for New American Century, which basically means America loses everything that they put their fingers on. Not sure that's going to work out for us. Seriously. And we wouldn't be in this position today had we just simply taken care of business. Taking them out. I don't care if it's a white hat operation. I don't care. They should have been taken out. They should not have been able to survive. Period. But that's why we're here today. Uh, France has a new, I guess, foreign president. Macron is still the president. They've got a new foreign minister, a 34-year-old guy. And uh, from what I understand, France's new foreign minister. What is this guy's name? He's the youngest foreign minister ever in France. Uh, France, of course, usually has older men running their country. And so he is now there. And guess what? From what I understand, he's gay. Very telegenic, but he's gay. Go figure. So they say he's there to be a, let's say, a, a block or something against a check against Marie Le Pen, whom they call, quote unquote, far right. But you know what? Things have to be termed differently. Because if the French new foreign minister is gay, what is this really a battle of? Well, it's again not against the left and the far right. It's a battle against degenerates and normalcy. There's Gabriel Attell. He's openly gay. He's not just gay. He's openly gay. So it's not like this is again against far right and the left or whatever you want to call it. It's a battle against degenerates and normalcy. Degenerates against traditionalism. That's what the battle is. You can call it good and evil. Okay, that's great. But this openly gay president or, or foreign minister, again, it's degeneracy. 
That's what the battle's against. And if you think about it, everywhere we turn, we find homosexuals, transsexuals, uh, lesbians, whatever the case you want to call them, gay, whatever, in positions of power. So it's not against the far right. It's degeneracy, once again, against normalcy, traditionalism, decency, natural order of the world. I don't know what you want to call it. But we need to start calling it for what it is. This isn't Marie Le Pen, the far right. These are are the traditionalists. On the other side are the degeneracies or the degenerates. Start redefining the battle here. Why is it in a country of, I don't know how many people are in France, 40, well, it's probably more than 40, but say 70, 80, 90 million. Why is it you can only find gay people to run the country? Because it's a battle against the degenerates. They're the ones running the country. You want to know why you have problems everywhere? You're going to find degenerates. It's the same in America. Wherever you find a lot of problems, look deeper. There's a degenerate there causing the problems. And then they want to make it, quote, unquote, you're a phobe for not a... for. Who said I needed to like the fact that you're a degenerate morass? You don't. You have the right to stand up for your rights. Who cares what they're going to call you? It's just a way to disarm you so they can then control the entire debate for you. Once they're there, now you have no recourse. You're stuck. You got to sit there and suck up to the degenerates. Just give it some thought. Maybe we do need to start to streamline how we define these. I know they like to call it, uh, uh, they like to call it, Far right, but it's not. It's just traditionalists against degenerates. Uh, I really become to believe that this week. So whether or not you, you, you agree with me, that's all right. Um, relative to politics this week, I think, uh, in America, you're going to have the Iowa caucuses and that's going to come out this week. And, uh, that is really the start of the 2024 presidential campaign. Who knows what's going to happen this year, whether you're going to have an election, whether you're not going to have an election, whether they're going to try to steal it, whether they're going to try to start an all-out war. A lot of people have a lot of theories and what's going on. But the caucuses are going to start this coming week in Iowa. I believe that is going to be Tuesday. And uh, obviously Trump is, is a runaway favorite here, and he should be president now with all due respect. But, you know, there's been a lot of situations or, let's say, cases where they've tried to bring cases, cases of cases, huh? where they're trying to bring cases to various courts in various states, 24 to be exact, something like that, where they're trying to keep President Trump off of the ballot. Now, from what I understand, he was supposed to be removed from the ballot in Colorado. However, everything was printed, so he's still on the ballot. Oregon, this week, their Supreme Court said, no, 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 we're not going to keep Trump off the ballot. I think in Massachusetts, they are trying to keep and will keep Trump off the ballot if if they have their way, something to that effect. Or was it Maine? I think up in Maine also. But uh, the key guy behind all of this is a... Uh, this thing will load quick enough for me. It's... um. 
quickly, guys. Load, 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 load. There you go. It's a never-Trumper. They call him a rhino, which is Republican in name only, for those of you who don't know the term, if you're not familiar with U.S. politics. Anyways, he's being charged now, and he's actually been arrested. See, that's how big this battle is going. So the main guy that was behind the 14th Amendment baloney, one of the main guys was a rhino. His name was John Castro, and he basically, they're saying, has been single-handedly responsible for dozens of 14th Amendment challenges against President Trump, and now he has been charged and a dirty game, guys. He's being accused of, of uh, he had a tax return company. He's been accused of inflating the amount of taxes that are owed. And when the federal government gave the refunds, he split the difference with the people receiving the refund. And uh, just tells you how dirty this is, though. They got the guy who's behind a lot of the 14th Amendment challenges, at least according to this article. All right. Back with more right after this. is a new talk show where we are exposing judicial postmodernism from the Supreme Court right down to family court and talking about all the different ways the extortion racket known as the justice system screws you over. Sure, you love freedom, but do you love freedom enough? Join me, Alexander Baker, your legal expert, right here on Speak Free Radio, Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Freedom enough. First off, we ought to look at the word nation, because the word nation is oftentimes used as a synonym for country. That's not what the word means. Uh, There are people who take uh, an oath or pledge of allegiance. One nation under God. Not one country under God, one nation. I'll turn to Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition. It's the centennial edition of Black's, first published in 1891. This is a 1991 edition. The word nation. They rely upon Montoya versus United States, found at 180 U.S. 261, 21 Supreme Court Reporter at 358, or 45 Lawyers Edition, page 521. Quote, with regards to defining the word nation, a people or aggregation of men existing in the form of an organized general society, usually inhabiting a distinct portion of the earth, speaking the same language, well, I guess we've kind of lost out on that one, haven't we? Using the same customs, I think we failed there as well, possessing historic continuity and distinguished from 
other like groups by their racial origin. Well, if you're white, you can't use that word. And characteristics. And generally, but not necessarily, living under the same government and sovereignty. You are listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Fetch. We okay here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there we go. I see it's okay. Anyways, it's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware. Stream it again on Speak Free Radio at speakfreeradio.com. If you want to join us uh, in the video stream, a little bit of tiny video stream here, it's at speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. That's speakfreeradio.com forward slash itel if you'd like to get into the mix just put a uh, private chat inside there and say hey i'd like to go live and we'll try to bring you on at the earliest opportune time uh telephone lines again always open 323-275-1314 that's 1323-275-1314 those are actually live so you can join there and the chat room i have not been to the chat room yet but i just kind of checked in it's uh close to buzzing right now again it's doing very well uh let me just kind of sign in there real quick everybody and uh, just kind of set the name here and say hello it's again inside the ilive dot and then you can click on the live chat button. And then I'm just going to say hello. So hello, everybody. And we made it to the chat room today. All right. I don't know what's going on with uh, uh, inside the uh, UK, but they've got something called a UK post office IT scandal. Now, what they have done in the UK, and this is why you don't want, this is this example here is one of the reasons why you never turn your world over to technocrats. Technocrats, if they are on a tight leash, kept under some type of, I don't know, very focused control, are necessary. You know, they run your government. They run it, okay? They they do all the, the, the hard work that is government. In America, 
We have too many technocrats. Technocrats are essentially your deep state-ish type people, those who are on the edge, who are sitting, I don't know, Department of Education, let's say USDA, United States Drug, uh, Department of Agriculture, not drug, but Department of Agriculture, FDA, Food and Drug Administration. A lot of these technocrats make decisions, and uh, the decisions have no relevance to reality, or they are agenda-driven. They're there to protect a particular clientele. They're there to protect a particular narrative, a particular agenda, whatever the case may be. But nonetheless, you need them to some degree, but then again, you don't need them. And 70% of all technocrats could be fired tomorrow, and the government will work just fine. It'll work just fine. One of the departments you generally need are post office people. Now, I know the Internet is a great thing, and it allows us to do things far more efficiently. But being able to move a physical parcel from point A to point B is a good thing to be able to do. To this day, I just received some parts from actually the U.K., or was it Denmark? I think this was Denmark. But I receive things all the time from all over the world, right? It's necessary. We need to have them. But in the UK, they have what's called a post office. And what their IT did was apparently um, – I don't know what to say here. They uh, they basically were saying because of their account, accounting software – that the heads at the various post offices were stealing money. This went on for, I don't know, thousand, let's say 1999 out to 2015. I think the software was from Fujitsu. I'm not sure exactly, but I think it was Fujitsu. Well, it's now coming out. The post office has about 11,500 branches across the UK. And it was part, formerly a part of what was called Royal Mail. It was split off in 2012 when the mail service was actually privatized. So it's not a, it's not a public thing anymore. Again, it's privatizing what it should be a social service. Numerous owner operators from there were accused of theft and they were told they were the only people facing such claims only to find out later that hundreds of others had actually seen similar targeted um, criminal investigations and accusations of wrongdoing. And, of course, if you have one, okay, maybe you could think that it's this guy. But it turned out to be close to 4,000. 4,000. And the people, the technocrats at the top, they're too stupid or they're too agenda-driven to do what's right. They're protecting their turf. Software sucks, whatever the case is. You had, you had people, women with children, working as the head of the post office, being arrested, tried, put on the street, no remorse from the technocrats, lives just destroyed left and right. And this was going on for years and years and years and years. Well, apparently, it says here, according to public inquiry here, the scandal that began in 2021 is still hearing evidence. So it's still ongoing, the investigation. But the main driver was seemingly a toxic, again, a toxic and secretive management culture at the post office. How many of them are gay? How many of them were Jews? 
How many of them were associated with some leftist narco-terrorist type organization? Leave the narco off, but intellectual terrorist organizations. How many at the senior level? Because you're not allowed to govern your own affairs. Jews decide that for you in the UK. Well, the post office was also supposed to be subject to government and official oversight. And there is much debate whether or not the ministers and the civil servants there um, actually did their job also. Just kind of let this thing go. Well, it took a long time to figure things out. It was only in 2019 that a group of post office operators won a high court case ruling that their convictions were wrongful with a high court case ruling, again, that they're wrongful with Horizons at fault. I don't know who Horizons is. Between these two court decisions in October 2020, the post office formally apologized for their called historical failings. Well, why is it in the headlines now, they're saying? Well, it's a four-part drama broadcast this first week in January by ITV, the UK's main commercial TV station. So actually, it was kept quiet for four more years, man. Wow. I didn't know that. I thought, yeah, I just figured it was just, um, wow. They have it. They actually had a post office arresting people, firing them, criminally charging them for stealing money. It, it came out to like 4,000 people. It was all caused by an IT problem for, from Fujitsu, a bad accounting software. And it's just making it into the news. Wow. Who, who would have thought? Okay, well, there you have it. I thought this was just breaking news. See how, how much I know what's going on. Jeez, I thought it was just breaking news. It's not. All right. Um, if we want to head on over to Ukraine real quick, uh, you've got Rishi Sunak, I believe. Rishi Sunak, I believe, went to the Ukraine again. I saw him on a train, you know. Ooh, look how look how special I am. I'm so you know what's funny, guys? Seriously, you know what's funny about all of this to me anyways? I used to hang out with people like a Rishi Sunak back in the day. I've been with them. You know, I, I remember debating um not Chalabi, Alawi. Alawi's brother, okay? Alawi was the prime minister of uh, uh, of Iraq shortly after the United States took over the country, I think around 2006, 2007. I used to hang out with his brother. I used to really hang out with his brother. I had the, the president of Somalia come to my office. I used to hang out with the guy, Goldtooth. If you go to... Um, Ecuador. You know, Ecuador is in a massive upheaval right now. The Russian foreign ministry is advising its citizens, just don't go down there. And if you're there, just lay low. Don't go outside. Don't make your face known. Don't make a problem. We don't want to have to try to bail you out. Just lay low. But whatever you do, don't go to Ecuador. It's a complete disaster down there. Well, <clears throat> it's what we call soft power. I hope I did. Yes, I do have it. See, you've had major unrest you've had some uh, top guys coming from the drug drug gangs escape out of prison we've had like something like 178 police officers and prison wards uh, have been held captive there's been executions we had a kind of a dramatic little thing where the 
gunman came in, terrorist, whatever you want to call him, moved into the state or let's just say one of the main television studios, took everybody hostage live on camera. Yeah, well, you know, they solved that real fast because that's bad publicity. They went and took care of that. But uh, soldiers on the streets, it's just a nightmare. Ecuador's just falling apart. But when you go in and you look at what's really going on, Ecuador's president, his name is uh, Daniel Noboa. He was born in 1987. He, I don't know if he's Ecuadorian. He was born in Miami. That means he's American. He was born in Miami. In 2010, he got a degree of business from the New York something, NYY Stern School of Business. 2019, an MBA from Northwestern University. 2020, studied at Harvard. 2024, a master's in political communications and strategic governance from the George Washington University. Does this sound like an Ecuadorian to you? He's pro-Malay, or Malay. I think it's Malay. I think Malay. Pro-Malay in Argentina. He's pro-Zelensky. He's anti-Russian. His father, Alvaro Noboa, is essentially a uh, tycoon. He owns a banana exporter company. Now, you look at this president here. Does he sound like he's Ecuadorian? No, he's not. He's what we call soft power. He's somebody that's been installed. However they manage the election down there, it was installed. In fact, what we've learned since 2020 is that elections themselves are, by and large, theater. They're just a dog and pony show for the masses. Whoever the people that run the world want, they're put into power regardless. Kind of how you got a Joe Biden. It's how you got a Macron. It's how you get a Zelensky. It's how you get one of these guys like uh, Daniel Naboa. So this country is being run by the State Department. It's being run by the United States. And then all of a sudden, it's in all of this turmoil. Is this being caused by resistance forces in Ecuador? Or is it really being brought to you by the CIA looking to go around, cause the mayhem to be able to then effectively go after all of its uh, uh, opposition? First, create the cover to go after your opposition. Same in uh, Poland. You have Tusk, Prime Minister Tusk. has come to power, the National Justice Party. Dumb. Uh, very nationalist, populist type of movement, but the party itself goes off and kisses the butt of Zelensky. The friendly local, local neighborhood gay Jews, you know. You're going to go kiss this guy's butt. So the people don't, they're upset. They don't need to be involved with Ukraine, with this faggot running Ukraine. They don't need it. So what do they do? They kick out and they bring in another government. Maybe it's theater. First thing that this Tusk guy does is he goes and he tries to shut down all the opposition media. National Justice Party never tried to do this. National Justice, Truth and Justice Party or something like that. National Justice, I have to look that up. But nonetheless, the former ruling party in Poland never tried that. You get in a WEF, globalist, Tusk, the first thing he does, pro-EU guy, what's the first thing he does? He goes after the media. It's just the way the left works. They're violent. The communists are violent. The communists offer zero value to humanity. This is the truth. They offer zero human zero value. 
from an Obama to a Michael to Soros to you name it, all these NGOs from HIASS, which is a Jewish group, to the ADL, they offer humanity nothing. Absolutely nothing. What they offer you is just decay, chaos. It's time to get rid of these folks, frankly. That's a, a, a nurse here coming out of Queensland, you know, Australia. And what happened was Australia. And I know I got listeners in Australia, but to me, the Australians, for a Western country, they couldn't run the white flag up quick enough. They just couldn't. They just, you know, you had all these tyrants running the country. They're making absolute life miserable. You had a police force that was absolutely draconian, and the people just folded, ran up the white flag, surrendered, lined up, and got jabbed. Not once, not twice, three times, whatever. Not everybody, like everywhere else, not everybody, but by and large, Australia was an absolute failure for humanity. The people there failed us, by and large. But there's this one nurse, she was pregnant. And these psychopaths, I don't know, these lizard men, I don't know, these demons, Oh, that's anti-Semitic trope. I'm sorry. But nonetheless, I don't know. What do you want to call these guys that force the vaccinations on everybody? Um, they even want to vaccinate them with the, the mothers with children. They're just psychopaths. They're sick, evil sons of bitches. And this nurse, she was 29. She said, no, I'm not going to do it. Just not going to do it. So they fired her. Well, now she is looking to sue and the funny thing is, is that she was sacked from her job. She worked at a children's hospital. And the Mail Online considers this, quote-unquote, plotting the ultimate revenge. I mean, again, the framing here is so ridiculous. What do you mean revenge? What do you mean by Revenge. What a word to use. How about justice? Closure? Rightful justice? I don't care. But it's not revenge. She's just trying to get back what's owed her. By a draconian state that took everything away. She's not plotting revenge. What a stupid thing to say. This here by Zach Wheeler and Brett Lackey. What idiots. This is coming out of Australia. Apparently, Zach Wheeler and Brett Lackey don't understand English. See, anytime you see an improperly framed narrative, just say, you know what? These guys are idiots. They don't understand English. Who the hell says something like this? What a moron. And then you should see them in public and let them know. Are you the idiot that doesn't know how to use English? What the hell was that supposed to mean? What type of moron uses that type of language? See, there has to be an assault on those who are assaulting us with their words. And it should be relentless. 
The guy should not be able to go to a cafe. Oh, you're the freaking moron that doesn't know how to use English? What type of word was that, idiot? Jeez, you know, and then just get in his face. Because these words do exactly that to you. They get in your face. They're insulting you. They're assaulting you. It is what we call intellectual violence. You know, Jews like to talk a lot about how, oh, your words are harmful, they're violent. Yeah, it's called intellectual violence, but it's not us doing it. We don't have the cume to even get the words out. Cume being reach. We don't have it. Well, we hope Miss Leach, she claims that by firing more than 1,200 nurses, in a similar position, the state's government is just trying to prove a point in the middle of a healthcare worker shortage. No, it's like, dudes, you're just idiots. The whole thing was a, a criminal fraud. Everybody involved should be arrested. There's nobody setting an example here, nothing. Everybody involved should be arrested, tried, and executed for murder. That's what's going on in Australia. That's what's going on in the United States, every other country, pretty much. They're murdering people. One year, most of them happened within a month. Oh, but they were not fully vaccinated because it happened in the first month. Again, what type of stupid thing was that? You die within 30 days. Oh, he died from COVID. He wasn't fully vaccinated. What a stupid thing to say. Arrest these bastards. Try them and hang them. We won't, but you know, if we don't take out the infrastructure, by the way, now they're talking World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization. They're talking about preparing for disease X. It's going to be 20 times more deadly. If it does happen, everybody at WEF should be arrested. Everybody at the World Health Organization should be arrested. Everybody at Gavi should be arrested. Every scientist within Pfizer should be arrested. Everybody in Moderna arrested. Go scorched earth on these assholes. Excuse my language. Just start taking them out. Because it's not going to happen because, I, oh, it just happened to come around. No, they're telling you it's coming. All right, fine. We believe you. Probable cause you're behind it. And uh, we'll just hold you till you confess to it. And then we shoot you. And if you just say, oh, well, that's not justice. It's Okay. Because with that, with you, not you, without having those people here, we're going to be in a lot better position. Anyway, talking about disease X, primary case for arrest, try, and execution. Enough. Huh. Terminating in this story here down in... Uh... Wow. This is still going on, man, in, in uh, Australia. They're still playing COVID down there, apparently. So, um, wow. Long story here. I can't read, obviously, the whole thing. Miss Leach wrote that she had relinquished any right to privacy and was eager to hear the circumstances that Miss Grace was referring to. I'm not sure what they're talking about there. And then you look at these people, Miss Grace had alleged that there had been specific circumstances behind the termination, but Miss Leach said that it was solely because of her refusal to get vaccinated, which we believe to be true. So anyways, they're still playing COVID down there, and apparently it's just not going to go away. 
I think we played this clip, so we'll leave that clip. So anyways, guys, uh, again, the medical industry is probably one of the most criminal industries in the world today, by and large. By and large. Can't say for sure, but by and large, I would say so. Uh, Let's see. Um... Trump, of course, on the campaign trail, one of the key things he's talking about is the uh, border security, things of that nature. And if he's right, okay, great. He's actually right. He's actually right. Now, if you haven't heard what he's referring to, there's a school district up in New York City. They are literally, believe it or not, uh, 2,000, I don't know how many students, but they're kicking all the students out of the school. And they're now using it to house 2,000 illegal immigrants, and all the kids now have to go to school virtually. They are literally putting illegal, just brought here by globalist immigrants, into the school. The parents and the kids, sorry, your education has to now suffer now because we got higher priorities. You're no longer a priority. We'll vaccinate you, kill half of you, and it's not going to matter. And I believe that's the truth. That's the goal. Anytime I see a, a country saying we need to vaccinate our children and then they skimp on education, it tells me they're just trying to kill them. Why do I pay for education when I'm trying to kill them? Right? Why? You know, let's vaccinate them. We're going to lose 10, 12, 15% of them in two years. No need to educate them. Save money. Keep the teachers at home. Kind of give them 40% of their salary. Keep them happy. Kill the kids. No need to educate kids that are vaccinated. They're going to kill them. It's that cynical, and it's probably that true. So Trump is right. You know, they're they're literally kicking people out, kicking the students out uh, in order to bring in uh, illegals. But, I mean, think about it. If Trump does what he says here, kudos. Saudi did it. Folks, Saudi did it. 2000, I don't know what it was, 15, 16, 17. I know you've probably heard the story. If you're new to the show, you haven't. But what Saudi did is there were problems in parts of town where Ethiopians, largely Ethiopians, were making a lot of criminal activity, drugs, uh, assaults, not so much murders, but assaults, drugs, uh, theft, violent crime, and it was almost all exclusively Ethiopian. There's a lot of, not a lot, but there are a few unused, built up universities here. They went on a building binge during King Abdullah's time. Built a lot, massive compounds. Well, there's, I think, two just in this greater Riyadh, northern area, that are not even used to this day. They started to round up every Ethiopian, every one. Put them in these campuses, 747-567 a day. That's what we have to do. It's the pitch inside the ally back after this.
It's a completely unexpected assortment of people. There is no thread that I can find that connects all of the people who've popped up in my life to be that lone brave person in the crowd who says no thank you. You could not have known who these people are. They don't fit a common profile. Some are people like me, some of them don't look like me at all. Some of them are people I despised on political grounds just a few years ago. But there's in one case someone who I made fun of on television who was really the embodiment of everything I found repulsive who in the middle of COVID decided no I'm not going along with this and once you say one true thing and stick with it all kinds of other true things occur to you. The truth is contagious. And the second you decide to tell the truth about something you are filled with this I don't want to get supernatural on you. But you are filled with this power from somewhere else. Try it. I disagree with you. We're going to talk about these issues in the open regardless of the color of our skin. The more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. That's completely real. But you look around and you see these people and some of them really have paid a heavy price for telling the truth. They are cast out of their groups whatever those groups are, but they do it anyway. My dear, I was in deep meditation for our Kundalini Tantric sharing when I sensed a disturbance in the farce. Yes, my darling Michael, I sense it too. Something is changing with my lost weekend with Giuseppe the G-Man. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Listen, guess what today is? Hall day! That's right, Truthaholics. Your lost weekend with Giuseppe now begins on Hump Day. Hall day! The Sane Asylum Hump Day Hootenanny, Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. The Sane Asylum Thirsty for Truth, Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. The Perfect Triangle, TGIF Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Your Messiac must rest on the Sabbath. Then, the fastest hour in talk radio, the worldwide simulcast of the Sunday Night Sane Asylum on republicbroadcasting.org and speakfreeradio.com. If you miss any live show, head over to the podcast section at speakfreeradio.com to guzzle you some truth. You're listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform.
Hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Fetch Inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware. Again, coming to you from Riyadh, where, again, it's just been a beautiful day today. Current temperature, I don't really know. It's probably about 68-ish, 67. Uh, had to put the jacket on. I feel a little sniffles. A lot of people are happy have had the flu, by the way. It's like, man, I don't want to get the flu. But uh, nonetheless, um, put the jacket on. Anyways, as Fritz is saying, Fritz is here inside the studio. You can join us at speakfreeradio.com forward slash ITEL. He says, perfect audio here backstage with a couple exclamation points. And yeah, it's like being in the house, man. So welcome. If you want to go live again, just put something in the chat room and I'll pick that up and try to bring you on just as soon as I notice it and there's a good opportune time. Otherwise, uh, hang out and just enjoy the show, guys. Enjoy the video. See, I'm cold, but I get hot really fast. So off with that. All right. So nonetheless, uh, Frontreal, thank you for the compliments. Uh, Good chat room right now. It's humming along, close to buzzing along. You know, inside of the UK, I want to go back to the UK again. They've been in the news a lot lately. And uh, they have something called the ultra-low emission zones. And basically, if your cars don't meet something that an arbitrary technocrat which is in this case Sadiq Khan and his his terrorist economic terrorist um, non-British people that are running the city say, then what happens is you get fined twelve fifty euro not euro pound per day. So again, if you go into a ULEZ zone and your car's not registered and it's not low emission enough, you are charged twelve point five pound for entry to come into the city. <clears throat> I don't know if it's by zone or just by city. I don't know. Maybe it's from zone to zone to zone. I don't know this. There is a group, they call themselves the Blade Runners, and they've cut down something like 178 of these ULEZ cameras. Obviously, you can't have a zone if the cameras don't work. So it's all very automated. So there's kind of like a tit-for-tat war going out there where the government puts up the cameras and the Blade Runners come around and shut them right back down. Well, if you're a car lover, and I I, I enjoy cars. I, I actually do enjoy cars. I think they're works of art. Uh, engineering art, but works of art. <clears throat> and uh, by the way, did you guys know that we had a turbine car? The Chrysler turbine back in the 50s and 60s? They actually built a turbine, like a jet engine? They didn't know that. That's I, I watched the story about that. Kind of interesting. The uh, Chrysler turbine, I believe it was called. You want to talk about a, a just amazing engineering? Look into that story. There's like nine of those cars left. But uh, there was a car show, classic car show. Now, my son, he loves classic cars. In fact, when he was here, don't ask me how he found it. Don't ask me because I have actually no idea. But he met somebody. They had they were driving like a 1967 Impala. You know, like back in the day, you might have turned that into a lowrider with the with the hydraulics. And maybe they actually did that. I don't know. So my son got a hold of this. And he went to a classic car show, not show, classic car gathering for breakfast here. Uh, it was done at, uh, <clears throat> oh, what's the name of that restaurant? Cheesecake Factory. We have a Cheesecake Factory. It's kind of expensive here, but that's where it was held. So he got up early, took a taxi, and went over to the show. 
and met a lot of the people. Some of them have actually visited him in Los Angeles since those days. So he's actually met some friends here and made some relations here through classic cars. Kind of a fun story. Well, they have a classic car show in, uh, excuse me, where'd that story go? They have a classic car show, there it is, that has been long running in Bromley. Now, I don't know where Bromley is, but it's somewhere in London. And they actually canceled it due to the ULEZ. So again, a classic car show, Southeast London, was scrapped due to the ULEZ. The organizer said, now, that show had been running for 40 years, and it normally took place in a place called Norman Park in Bromley with classic cars of all ages in attendance. Now, I'm looking at the the, the pictures here. Um, lots of MGs, tons and tons of MGs, hard tops, convertibles, and it looks like it's just all MGs, man. Uh, probably not, but this whole row here, these are just MGs. So apparently a lot of MGs still running the road. I used to drive a midget, guys, back in California. MG midget for all you Brits out there. You know what the problem with the midget was, by the way? The MG midget? I think when it was originally done, the people, the designers were aircraft guys, right? So they went into the car business. They made the engine too strong. That engine was just too strong for the car and the shell. And uh, the car would just fall apart. It, the, car, the engine was just too much torque on the body. And from what I understood, it just tore the car apart. don't know if that's true, but that's what I was told. Anyways, it became clear here, according to the story here, Pippa and Jason Griffiths, who were the uh, event management heads, they took, to schedule, they took considerable time here to evaluate their options uh, for the future of the event. But what they want to do is keep it out of the ULEZs. It's basically a tax on everybody that comes. Everybody wants to come to see the show. If you're not there, they're gonna, you're going to lose 12, 50 pound. So they said, no, we're not going to go support this. So they didn't do it. So they're looking forward to the future of finding another event. It's apparently just a fantastic event. Uh, as far as it goes to classic cars. But another thing that was lost by what? Technocrats. Idiots. Technocrats, folks. They have to be kept with a tight chain with a choker on it. They run too far, you freaking yank it. Seriously. Technocrats are the biggest danger to human freedom because they're the ones that implement all of this nonsense. They come up with the ideas. They got nothing better to do. They're sitting on their asses doing nothing. Hey, I got an idea. Let's create an ULEZ. Uh, yeah, go sell it to the mayor. It goes up. The mayor says, yeah, how much money are we going to make? Oh, we think we can make another hundred, hundred million uh, pound on this, sir. Yeah, do it. Do it. Again, technocrats, put them on a lease. They go too far. You freaking yank the choker. Seriously. These guys are out of control. Until we can actually get these people uh, fired, which is what really should happen. Um, this is part of the administrative state, by the way, that you might hear a Bannon talk about. Uh, you know, Bannon's always talking about the administrative state. It has to be destroyed, and he's correct. He's absolutely correct. You know, Benjamin Netanyahu is insane. He's insane.
Yeah, they're saying that the clip is not going out. <laughs> should be, but let me check the settings here again. Uh, it should be. I checked that before I went live. Maybe it shifted. It's, no, it should be going out. Okay, they say it's not going out, though. Huh? <laughs> should be going out. Okay, well, it's not going out, he says. Why would it not be going out? All right, I'll take a look at that at the break. That's too bad, dude. Seriously, we got to solve that problem because it happens too often. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that blew that story. But basically, we had Netanyahu saying, look, we... We... um." Yeah, I'm sipping juice. That's correct. Anyways, we uh, we have a total digitized database of everybody in our country. So let's go ahead and experiment with them, on them, with the COVID vaccines. And we're going to know exactly what's going on because we have a 100% digitized content here. Our entire population is digitized. Now, as you can see, there's a huge danger to all of this digitization. Because, again, these psychopaths, these technocrats, these idiots, these killers, literally killers, um, use that data for their own agenda. And, and then you become just a number to them. If they murder you, ah, let's just see what it did. Oh, it murdered 15 of them. Oh, it murdered 20% of them. Oh, gee, too bad. But at least we know. See, we could find out. They were all digitized. We were able to figure that out. And... uh that's basically what Israel did. The, they turned all of Israel into what is probably one of the largest um, experiment zones in the world. And, of course, whether they got the same vaccines as we got in the West, who knows whether it was genetically designed to not affect Israelis as much as us in the West. I don't know that. Maybe it's the same thing, but it was genetically designed to not affect Israelis as much as in the West. No, they're they're running. They're talking now in many channels. The deaths now are over seventeen million people from the from this jab. Seventeen million. Another interesting thing this week, I noticed more ambulances on the road. Okay, when I was in the Philippines, twenty twenty five a day. Only once was I at a hospital for another reason, for somebody else. And I saw them take a kid out, right, to mid-30s. You know, the uh, girlfriend's distraught. He's kind of, and I just kind of said to the guy, I remember talking to the driver, I said, how many people are you doing a day, man? Pulling out all the bodies or what? And pretended like he didn't understand me. Maybe he didn't. It's possible. But nonetheless, uh, I've seen more ambulances this week. I'm going to start paying attention. And I'll start asking some questions. But it makes you wonder, frankly, uh, what is happening when you start to see an increase in ambulances, especially with what we've seen going on around the world. 17 million dead. How many in the uh, disability-wise? Uh, you got people like Ed Dowd doing a lot of work on that. And uh, so we'll have to wait and see for uh, more data to come. But it's also through the roof. It's been frankly, exceedingly difficult. Uh, let's see. You know, Russia this week, 
massive missile strikes against uh, uh, Ukraine, right? And there's been a rumor spreading that um, U.S. Uh, Defense Secretary, I think I'd remember names easier. They don't stick on my tongue like they used to. Defense, U.S. Defense, what is this guy's name, man? I just know him as a black guy. Diversity hire. Diversity hire. The U.S. Defense Secretary Diversity hire. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I see the nail, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Man, right now my... It's just too slow. My internet's too slow. Where's my phone? Maybe it's in the other room. That's why it's slow. I'll have to bring it over here. Uh, Lloyd Austin, that's his name. Yeah, Lloyd Austin. You know, he was uh, apparently disappeared for what? Three days? Four days? Nobody knew where he was at. Supposedly the uh, Deputy Secretary of Defense, some woman, again, a diversity hire, uh, was uh, supposedly in charge, but no, she was on vacation. So literally nobody knew what the hell was going on inside the U.S. military for four days. Well, there was some massive missile strikes. Ever since, let me backtrack, ever since uh, there was the targeted... Uh, Cluster munitions attack on uh, Belgorod, up in the, the major city that's north of the Ukrainian border. Ever since that happened, Russia has been hitting every bunker, hotel, wherever they know of mercenaries. They've been hitting to take these places out. And that includes command centers. They've been hitting now. They've gone from targeting the factories to targeting the factories in the morning when the workers are there. So they're not just taking out the factories, they're taking out the brain knowledge, the, the know-how, the, the brains that put the, all of these various missile, pro, or not missile, but let's say military components together. So they're hitting the factories and the manpower ever since this event. Basically, they said, screw it. Well, the, the rumor was a few days ago that Lloyd Austin was actually in a command bunker, it's actually been rumored, rumored only, that Lloyd Austin is actually now dead. That's the rumor. Lloyd Austin was actually killed. Another rumor was that Lloyd Austin was seriously hurt, and he has been evacuated back to the United States. And everybody's just pretending like they don't know what's happening to Lloyd Austin because they don't want to admit to the fact that he was in Ukraine and uh, Russians got him. They don't want to admit to that fact. The uh, other rumor is he's had, what, prostate cancer, and it's an elective surgery. Well, purportedly, he's, he's running the Yemen operations. Now, do you buy that? It could be true. Not try it. In other words, there's something funny going on with Lloyd Austin right now. Where is he, really? Nobody's seen him. For four days, who was doing it? They're saying now we maybe he's going to get fired. We don't know what's happening with this guy. He's a diversity hire. He's not the brightest guy in the world at all. But uh, one has to wonder. He disappears for four days. Nobody knows what's going on. The Russians are saying, look, it just tells you how unstable the United States truly is. We don't even know who's in charge of the uh, the weapon systems right now inside the United States who's in charge of the the nuclear nuclear it's not it's not uh, it's not obviously um, 
Biden, Biden can't, he doesn't, he doesn't even know where he's at half the time. So who's actually in control of the U.S.'s nuclear arsenal? Is it who? Nobody knows. Nobody really knows. And the rest are saying, look, this is the most dangerous time we've ever been in because nobody knows who is in charge of anything in the United States anymore. Uh, for his part, Trump, he's come out and said, look, we're going to stop all the funding of Ukraine. Well, that's a great thing. You know, I, I, I guess the U.S. Congress still has not been able to find funds or hasn't tried to find funds to to fund Ukraine. Uh, the Republicans apparently want to find money to stop immigration. Well, sh just do it, man. Just do it. You know what I mean? Just do that separately. Why do you got to link this to that? You, ever, you, you notice that with the U.S. Congress? It's like, well, we want to link funding for the for Ukraine and Israel to immigration reform and border money. Just pass the damn border money, you freaking morons. Duh. See what I mean? This is the stupidity of these people. If you really want the border money, it's you write the paycheck and do it. Go cancel something else. Go cancel, I don't know, Kamala's, uh, I don't know, her mask collection, whatever the case may be. Just do something. However, they refuse to work and do anything. That seems to be the main story. But whether or not Lloyd Austin is alive, who knows? Calls now for him to step down. Uh, again, his hospitalization was kept a secret. Um not a good situation to say the least. Uh, <laughs> um, you have an Israeli minister, his son, Mike Miko Pellet. He's calling now that uh, what he's seeing is actually genocide in Palestine. It is genocide. Um, Again, we have to watch what's going on in Poland. I wish we could get uh, Powell back, or not Powell, uh, Zizoro, I believe his name is. I wish we could get Zizoro back because um, something very strange is happening in Poland right now. Uh, there's been reports, and it's not supported by anything. I could not find any of this, but the U.S., maybe this is just old. Maybe this is old. Um, so we'll, we'll assume it's old. Um, but there was reports of a missile, U.S. missile cruiser being hit. Um, we had a Palestinian Olympic Committee has announced now that an Olympic quality, you know, it's basically Olympic athlete, uh, karate player Nigme Abu Samra. He died uh, this week uh, while being transferred for treatment from the Gaza Strip to Egypt. It was she. She previously lost her leg and was injured during, again, the Israeli forces' genocidal shelling of her home in uh, Nusrat refugee camp. Now, here's the thing you need to understand about Jews, especially what you're hearing. In, in uh, Gaza, 109, that's right, 109 um, reporters have been killed. You should view those as targeted killings, murder, murder, straight-up murder. In Yemen, not in Yemen, in um, uh, Lebanon, we've had another attack on two reporters, husband and wife also both killed. So people should understand very clear that the Israelis are murderers. This is murder. When you're going after um, reporters, it's murder. It's the only thing you can call it. When you're going after health people, it's murder. 
When you do it as an entire population, it then becomes genocide. And that's really what we have in here. Um, the Israelis are almost funny because they will lie to you and it's uh, like it's second nature to them. Now, I don't know if you heard that, but basically that was a woman at the International Criminal Justice Court, International Criminal Court of Justice or something like that, saying that the Israelis don't bomb hospitals. We're such nice people. We don't bomb hospitals. In fact, we just bomb around the hospital. We kill as many people as we can around the hospital. But we're not bombing the hospital, okay? If a, if the hospital's hit, it's purely an accident and it's not our fault. You know, that type of thing. But nonetheless, uh, um, they're trying to justify basically mass murder. Um, I wish I could play more. I need to try to see why the, the audio is not going out because we have eyewitnesses coming out of Gaza now, mainly from British. British has a very large uh, Palestinian, uh, Palestinian, uh, what do you call this? Palestinian uh, refugee base or let's say citizen base. Maybe it's citizens, you know, double, dual citizens. Um, so the... Yemen Houthis, you know, they did something this week which was rather kind of interesting. I was doing some research trying to find out how many ships were hit, right? There's been 28 attacks. Oil shipments through the Suez Canal are down only between about 2 to 3%, 2 to 5%, 6%, something like that. It's really not down at all. Uh, cargo ships are down 8 to 12%. It's a little bit higher for the cargo ships. What Yemen Houthis did is they said, look, if you need to transit the Suez Canal, here's your frequency, broadcast your ship, your location, and state that you are not going to Israel. And if you're not going to Israel, we're going to let you go. No problem. You can, you can actually transit. Not, not a, don't worry about it. However, if we find that you broadcast to us and you deceive us, then your entire company is going to be blackmailed or blackballed. So I guess if you're like Maersk and you said, we're not going to Israel, then you called on Israel, then Maersk, the entire Maersk line, would then be blackballed from ever traveling through the straits again. You can expect to be targeted. Well, we've actually had some ships do that. They were coming. They said, listen, we have nothing to do with Israel. They were not attacked. They were allowed to go through, and uh, all's fine. The British aren't telling you that. You know, back to the British story. I never finished that story, by the way. Well, I kind of did. You know, it was so nauseating. Listen to the British. Speaker after speaker after speaker, the exact same stupid script. It's like, what, did you all like, did you all go into a meeting room and say, here's your script, here's your script, your script, and the script writer was some Jewish guy behind you from the Israeli foreign ministry? What the hell's going on, man? It was so, it's so obnoxiously stupid. You know, I find, I don't know about you, I actually do, I find mainstream media to be stupid. It's like it's geared towards a five-year-old, six-year-old. 
literally the way they phrase it, the way they speak about it, it's all like talking to a five year old. We are doing this to keep open the, keep open the, you know, the sea, open seas to allow for, uh, the shipment of, you know, for ships to travel free and maritime safety and all this crap. It's like, it all sounds so stupid. I'm sorry. It just sounds stupid. Ah, uh, let's see. There's a today, by the way, today, today, from what I understand, is an election in Taiwan. So there's apparently going to be about 17, 18 million people are going to be going to the polls today. It's about a million more people than the previous election. There are three candidates. The one that supports independence is expected to actually win. Don't know this person's name, but that is the thing. The Chinese are saying, listen, we're monitoring it. If the U.S. gets too involved and ours tries to manipulate the election, we will regard that as even more interference in our internal affairs, and we will have to do something. But uh, watch for what happens again out of Taiwan, because the election is going to happen today. The inauguration, I think they'll find out on Monday who won. It's the Fetch, everybody. Back with more after this. pilots, the main focus is going to be diversity. What? <laughs> diversity? Not the best pilots you can find? The ones with the most hours of experience? Nope, diversity. Yes. I don't know about yes. you, but I'm sick and tired of flying all the time with these white pilots landing safely and on time. <laughs> Boring! The Fetch and Inside the Eye Live is not always so serious, guys. You know, we have a lot of fun on this show, but it just you can't tell. <laughs> We're trying to be serious all the time. But at three, That's the problem. I have a chat. Heck, my chat room is so dead right now. It's like I got nine people there. Join us in the chat room, everybody. Inside the eye. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm so honored to be your first guest. That is you are my first guest. Yeah, it's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, I'm thinking about being a lady co-host. What do you think? I should add a lady co-host to this. Just we'll just change the whole format for Thursday. I'm bringing a lady. I think it's nice if you got someone you can bench on. (laughs) You should be careful to use lady (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts. Oh dear. Is this live? <laughs> Actually, yes, it is. I'm not listening to this. I'm not listening back to this part. You know, maybe maybe Grizzlin's going to cut this part out. He's going to cut it out and say, this wasn't live. I know they were making a mistake. <laughs>
All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's Vetch Inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware, where we just tried to debug that uh, sound clip problem, and I don't see where it actually worked. Um, I just don't see how it worked, and I don't see why it's not working. Everything looks like everything is recording and doing just fine, but it just didn't work. So... Uh, Try the phones, guys. If somebody wants to call in, 323-275-1314. That's 1323-275-1314. And again, we hope. Let's take a look. Am I going out? Yeah, I'm going out. Uh, just changes settings as, yeah, it does. It just does change settings. Yeah, I'm being told that maybe Windows has changed. It, it, it does. Frankly, it does. Every time I come in, I have to go fix a, a bunch of settings. And to run this show, it actually takes a lot of settings to do telephone calls and audio from here. It's actually a lot, but it's actually set correctly. I did look, but for whatever reason, the audio from the computer is not getting out. And that should be here. And if I can go here, I can go cable, voice meter. Yeah, it should go out, but it's not. It honestly isn't. And I honestly, I don't know why. So we're out of clips today. That means you can listen to the fetch talk, 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 talk. And that's a bad thing. Um, it's nice to break things up. Um, I didn't update recently, though. I don't think it's an update issue. All right. Telephone lines, if you'd like to call in again, 323 one three one four. That's one three two three two seven five one three one four. Um, uh, let's see. I'm okay. I can do that. Apparently, we have a long time listener, Mister. That you're having a little bit of health problems, dude. So uh, uh, we wish you a speedy. Re- Recovery and all that stuff, and hope things get well with you. I'm being asked to kind of forward that out to you in case you're listening. So again, that's to Mr. Nick Tonin. If you're listening, we're thinking about you. How's that? He's normally a staple in the chat room, so uh, always good if uh, have everybody healthy. Let's run out to the phones. Let's see if this works. Hi, three two three. No, seven eight seven zero eight. Eric, good. Hi, welcome to inside the I Live. Yeah, Hello. Your number. No, I know that. I'm just, you know, I just talk and I talk and sometimes it's not so straight. <laughs> hmm. Oh, sorry, no, I was drinking. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, Chicago. Chicago Brew. It's working. I believe it's going out. It's, just uh, keep. Unfortunate about the clip. Yeah, I don't know why the clips aren't working, but uh, go ahead and talk, and I'll see if yeah, you're it's going. Unfortunate out. about your clips. Yeah. yeah, you're going, and you're going out fine. Yeah, it's okay. Your witnesses, that's not working. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So I don't know. Why. You know, I'm on your call, but you seem to be breaking up a little bit. Well, it's the internet. What do you want? It's the internet going through a voice over IP yeah. network uh, to halfway across the world. So you know, a little bit of clipping is, it's not bad, dude. It's okay if we can understand each other. It's not bad. So why? Why do you think it's only halfway around the world? I think it's going all the way around the world, Fetch. Well, at least to me, you're going halfway. How's that? But the show's going out all the way around the world. <clears throat> okay. All right. Uh, here, let me let me throw this into the mix. So you got this Lloyd Austin that's allegedly like missing. You want to 
for some whatever cover story they're doing. So he's still off the grid, you know, whatever. Whatever the cover story, we know these people lie and they lie and they'll, they'll tell a lie to cover up a lie. Remember a couple of years ago when a three or four star general was over, alleged, was missing also, and it was in the Ukraine. And it was at a time, it's like a couple of years ago. I'm not sure exactly the date. It was, I, I remember where I was at the time, I just don't remember. It was like summer season. But they had these Ukrainians in this underground like bunker where they went down many, many levels. And allegedly, this American general was in there who ended up going missing. But they, you know, the cover story, whatever it was, but the three, four star general was down there allegedly. And the Russians had them all trapped. You remember anything about this? This this one silo or bunker where the Ukrainians were down there, and it went down many, many floors underground. You, you recall? No, this at all? I, I'm I don't actually, but uh, I, I understand that if there's like a there's like an unspoken you know agreement between the forces between U.S., NATO, and Russia that look if you don't, we're not going to cross these lines. You want to go ahead and be here and kill a bunch of uh, Ukrainians. It's a civil war. We're not happy about it, but we don't want the direct confrontation, so we're going to leave you alone. But you cross these lines, we're going to get you. And it looks like they've really crossed the line with this Belgorod attack. So maybe there was a, another case back then, and I'm just not aware of it. Well, it was it was pretty big at the time. Again, it was this uh, underground structure it went down many levels, and apparently there was allegedly all these important documents, and they were fight. They were holding off the Russians. They had them under siege for weeks, and they were trying to get these like uh, root them out, like you know, like uh, like moles, but they just couldn't. So, but anyway, allegedly this general was down there, and this general was never heard from again. Now, of course, they wouldn't tell us the general's down there, but since the general was missing, and because, you know, uh, uh, the United States is unofficially part of that war, he, they believed he was in there. Yeah. Yeah, normally they arrange for, you know, helicopters going down off of San Diego or some training mission, you know, something like that where they just get killed. You know, that's usually what happens with these soldiers. So I know we just had a recent... Uh, Good. Yeah, we had a recent helicopter go down again in San Diego. Uh, multiple people being died, and of course, these could be special ops guys that are just being yeah. well, that general, justified. That general story, like a lot of stories, just kind of goes away. Gets you know, just goes away. Yeah. Like you know, it's covered up. Yeah. You know, so many other stories come in, and people forget about it. Now the yeah. now the the, the Gonzo Lara story. I'm glad you mentioned it, that the guy was like, said he was escaping Ukraine, and he wasn't even over the border yet. He, like, got so far, and he wasn't even over the border yet, but he broadcasted that I'm near the border, I'm allowed to cross, whatever the, whatever the dialogue was, and then he disappeared. Allegedly yeah, I, mean, I, I now, talked you, about I'm that. you said it, because yeah. I was thinking it. Yeah, I know, you said it, and I, I was, I've been thinking it, like, how he... I thought about it then, but he wasn't. You think you get over the border, you're in safety, and then you say something. Correct. But no, he's he wasn't. He was near the border. He was Correct. about to get to safety, and then he opens his mouth. Now, back then, when I first started, back then, it was really fishy. So now, you know, no, really, I actually knew where he was because this is the first that I'm hearing since then 
that he actually got caught, he was in prison, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. He was assumed dead, as far as I know. Well, you know, and to me, it's like, all right, dude, you know, I'm an international guy. I've hung out with some very powerful people in my day. And you know when to be quiet and keep your head low? You know what I mean? Because as we say, you put your head too high, you're going to get it chopped off. It's like the gopher, you know, don't don't put your head too high. You know, and it's a phrase we use a lot here in the Middle East. Don't let your, you know, you're even if you're strong, there's somebody stronger. Keep your head low, right? What the hell are you broadcasting for? You're still in Ukraine. What a freaking idiot. I, I, in fact, it's like I don't even have any sympathy for you anymore. You're an idiot, well, dude. Yeah, he was a decent dude on the ground. He was doing uh, different, you know, uh, uh, broadcasts, like, you know, having different guests on there. You know, he was doing decent work. Now, you know, some, some of it, you know, sometimes you wonder you know, how legit he was or whatnot. But for the most part, we have to assume he was legit and so forth. He had several times where he actually disappeared and people assumed him dead, but he was like, you know, in hiding or keeping quiet, you know, so he wouldn't get caught because you know how, uh, you know, in the beginning there, they were turning on and, and rounding up with anybody reporting, you know, of course, information that they didn't want to get getting out. And Lara was doing that at the time. Yeah, I remember those days and, you know, he was always talked about, but I just lost respect for him when the story came out that, you know, hey, I'm almost at the border. I'm going to stupid freaking moron, you know, because once you go live, they can track, triangulate, you know, triangulate you and they got you. And look, you know, it takes not even 30 seconds. You know, you can now, right. you know, you can be in your car phone. Okay. And you can watch your GPS as you move. Okay. That's instantaneous. Give me a freaking break, dude. You know well, what I mean? It's something in- that's funny, peculiar. Uh, in one of the, in one of the telegram, in fact, it's a speak free telegram chat that somebody posted what allegedly is a letter, handwritten letter that Lyra wrote to his sister, and it speaks how he's he, he basically had double pneumonia and he couldn't breathe and all this other stuff and he wasn't getting any care. Now the the writing is in one, and you can see the way, whatever, several sentences. But then the signature, somebody pointed out, it was a good spot, but the signature of the letter is in a different pen. It's really, it's an oddity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, I'm, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, the whole Bob Lubavitch story, you know, what what do you expect from these people? Well, and, they, and they tried to cover it up. You said exactly as I said. Immediately, there's an investigation. No, no investigation. Let's cover it up with cement, right? Exactly. I heard that. It's like, you're really going to just cover and, it up like that? And where, where's the FBI? This this is a, a case of potential homicide, missing persons, whatever. FBI is usually John on the spot with all these uh, alleged school shootings, whatever. Man, the smoke hasn't even cleared. And there's an FBI, you know, whether it be Las Vegas.
Okay, you're actually breaking up. Uh, on this? You would think FBI would be there. It, it would be. Well, I would. Yes, it's a certainly uh, internal security. It's the most powerful company or, or organization in the world. Okay, Kabad, and you're not going to have the FBI there looking at it. No internal intelligence services looking at what's going on. Give us a freaking break, man. So there's something more going on to this story. Always. All right. Well, You're breaking up kind of heavy, you know, so let's they, let you they go. Can do no wrong. Right. Well, you know, it's right. a big battle, that's for sure. You know, we'll have to see what's going on. All right. Um, I'm. I see myself going out. I'm hearing that you have no audio, and uh, I'm not sure that's actually true because I see myself going out. So I, you should be getting audio. If you're not getting audio, I don't know why, frankly, because I see the audio going out. So please check your check your things again. Three two three two seven five one three one four. That's one three two three two seven five one three one four. If you'd like to again join us, the problem I have, I have to find a way to see the audio when I when I do my camera. Because when I do the camera, I can't see the audio. That's not a good thing. I need to see the audio. I want to see the so I can see that it's going out. But anyways, I I don't see it when I'm doing the video. Anyways, it should be okay. All right. Um, yeah. What, uh, Chicago Brew is saying is everything I was thinking too. Literally, you know, everything is like, where's the FBI? You're going to just cover it up with cement. No investigation. People are bringing out these very soiled, dirty, uh, look like bloody mattresses. I mean, what the hell's going on here? But because it's Kabad, what? You're not going to do any investigation? Uh, I, it's just insane. Um, again, just want to reiterate that, uh, what time is it? Okay, nine fourteen. We just want to realize Sunak, the not the Indian pretender. Is this guy gay, by the way, or does he is he not gay? I don't think he's gay, but looks like it. It was the the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak of the UK again. He was in Kiev yesterday, and you've got. I wish I could play clips. I can't play clips, but you have a. Uh, President Volodymyr, Volodymyr Zelensky. And essentially, he's there just to reassure, oh, don't worry, Mr. Beggar. Our, our money's good. It's coming. And that was according to the, uh, it was according to the director of the Center for Military and Political Studies at the Moscow State University. So essentially, just Sunak, Sunak risking his life, basically, not that it would be a loss, just to, uh, assure Mr. Zelensky, that his money's on the way. Can you imagine that? So Zelensky's almost toast. Suna, I mean, Zelensky's almost toast. They're going to try to steal $300 billion, I think, just to try to keep things moving. But nonetheless, I think Zelensky is absolutely toast. Uh, you'll see, have to see, you know, people coming out with news about, again, uh, Gonzalo, if you follow some of the uh, Ukrainian stories here some of the bloggers that are doing the ukrainian stories they're going to talk about r.i.p gonzalo but i'll tell you i will never forget the day i i saw the thing about him you know the the broadcast of him saying he's almost clear he's almost out he's escaped and he's almost out i'm like he really can't be that stupid can you but yes Yes, he can be. And, of course, when you're dealing with an intelligence dragnet that you're up against, the last thing you're going to do, seriously, the last thing you would do is, is broadcast. It's like, geez, dude. First rule number one, stay dark, right? Um, just stay dark. 
I'd like to play a, a couple things about climate change. We can't now. Um, people saying that Trump is going to be better the second time around, unless Trump goes dark MAGA on it. I don't think he's worth his salt. Um, did you guys hear the Trump thing earlier today or no? Did that not play out? Uh, that didn't play out. I thought it played out. That's not good. Um, I need to play some clips, guys. I need to play some clips. Germany. Let's move on to Germany. If you haven't been following the German story, Germany's got three parties, okay? They've got a, a three-party coalition anyways. Uh, Thursday, they backed down from a proposal this past Thursday to cut tax privileges for farmers after facing some pretty darn big protests. Uh, essentially, the Autobahns were shut down. Major cities were shut down. Major warehouses to some of the larger grocery chains was also shut down. You're watching manure being put on the doorsteps of politicians, technocrats, and again, it's the technocrats that are the key stories here. The technocrats need to be wiped out. Government said in a statement that it would gradually phase out tax breaks on diesel fuel for farmers over multiple years rather than cut the benefit abruptly. But here's the problem. If you weren't such freaking morons sanctioning Russia all the time, everything would be cheap. You'd be in, in good hands. You wouldn't have all these problems. So again, these people have brought it about upon themselves, meaning the, the leading, the leadership there. And what should happen is the leadership should give up all their wealth, sacrifice their wealth. Listen, you made a terrible situation for the country. All of your wealth should be absconded and given back to the state. There should be no tolerance for this level of incompetence, if you want to call it incompetence. We know it's not really incompetence. So we had the president of the German Farmers Association stating here, our position remains unchanged. Both proposals for cuts must be taken off the table. This is clear. Clearly, also about the future viability of our industry and the question of whether domestic food production is still desirable at all. In other words, I think what they're getting here is that in order for Germany to survive as a self-sufficient country, um, the government has made it so expensive that the people need to subsidize the, the farmers. Okay, maybe that's the case. Uh, certainly, they've screwed up the economy, so it's going to be partially the case. And um, farmers kind of get it. So if you're going to shut down the industry now, we'll just shut it. And that's what they're doing. They are literally just protesting in such massive numbers, frankly, that it's it's astounding. If you look at some of the uh, pictures coming out of uh, Germany, very impressive, actually. And we have the Dutch farmers actually on the border with Germany ready to come in and actually support the Germans. So uh, that that didn't happen, I believe, but they were actually standing by ready to actually come in and support German farmers. Uh, but again, that did not actually happen. Um, fortunately, fortunately, the World Economic Forum is starting to get more and more play in mainstream media. You had Laura Ingraham, I believe is her name. She was on with a guest speaking what the WEF and its Great Reset is. And I'm going to quote this here. The WEF 
is a fanatical political organization that uses fear and manipulation like COVID hysteria, like the hoax of global warming, to really facilitate people thinking that somehow they are the saviors. But really, all you're doing is helping them accomplish their goal, which is really is a global public-private fascist movement and fusion of big government, big tech, and big money to create a technocratic ruling elite, which conveniently is them. They want to create feudalism 2.0 in which we are serfs and they are the lords ruling over us. That's what they're aiming for. Again, the technocratic class, if you can't grasp anything else, the technocratic class in the West must be destroyed. If you get into positions of power, like a Trump, like a Malay, or a Malay actually in Argentina, 65% of the government just destroy it. Now, what I learned, and I wasn't sure, I didn't know, what Trump did in in, uh, 2018, he actually created a plan to do exactly what Malay is doing right now in Argentina, which is to cut 60-65% of the federal technocratic state, the administrative state. That has to happen. Furthermore, safeguards for the technocratic state need to be dropped. You're not going to be suing the government anymore. They should be regarded as corporations acting as or providing government services. They should not have immunity. This means that if you're a consultant and you're giving advice to the FDA and you tell the FDA that, yes, this vaccine is safe and it proves not to be safe, That consultant should be directly linked to mass murder if it starts to kill people. Arrest them, try them for mass murder, and you execute them. Because you and I both know that they didn't just go out there and say, oh, it's perfectly safe because they believed it was perfectly safe. They did it because they're working for money. They're working for an agenda. They are working to sell a poison, a bioweapon that the public is going to pay for. So they can go murder a lot of people. I mean, you know what? The public doesn't mind paying for something that benefits them. But the the bioweapons manufacturers aren't in the business of that. We have Pfizer this past month or so has gone out and put a big bet, they say. Big bet, $45 billion on a company that develops, I don't know, $45 million, $45 billion, some huge number. Say This company specializes in treating turbo cancers. Oh, gee. We wonder why. You create the turbo cancer, you take the money we gave you to go kill everybody and harm everybody, then you take our money and you go create and buy another product that you think is going to save everybody because you're egalitarian and just trying to help us screw you i swear the scientists if i'm in power pfizer scientists i'd wipe them out i'd wipe them out arrest them for crimes against humanity just go in find the research and and literally arrest everybody just take out the entire class it's clear they in, are involved in bioweapons manufacturing. It fits. What the COVID vaccine is doing fits what many would deem to be a bioweapon. So, okay, fine. See, that's the problem. We do not hold anybody out there to account. Uh, Epstein Gate, you know, Epstein Gate. Um, 
Epstein, of course, was working for the Israelis. Mossad, he may have been a two-bit player, but he was still a big bit, big two-bit player. So we have something called the Epstein Archive. It's been published. Um, it's, it was online. And pretty much it's a who's who of the degenerates of the world. Boris Johnson was on the list. Prince Andrew was on the list. Billionaire Gled Dubin was on the list. Illusionist David Copperfield was on the list. Former Victoria's Secret CEO Lex Vexner was on the list. Uh, all of these are accused of having sex with minors. There was also Harvey Weinstein, Bill Clinton, of course, we George Bush Jr., Lindsey Graham, Mark Zuckerberg, Google's Sergey Brin, Israeli ex-Prime Minister Ehud Barak, Bill Gates, my favorite guy, Noam Chomsky, Mr. Genius Linguist himself. We had all kinds of Hollywood stars there, leading scientists, representatives of the fashion industry, dozens of famous politicians and businessmen. And what this kind of leads you, overall, it was uh, four, so far 4,000 4, Epstein documents. Uh, this was the first part of. Okay, there's going to be 4,000 documents eventually going to be coming out and being released. It's not out there yet, but it's uh, supposed to be released uh, shortly. So, the, again, it, what it kind of hints to is that this country or this world really is run by a secret sect of pedophiles, plain and simple, just a secret sect of pedophiles. Um, yeah, Bill Gates at the COP28, the issue of food systems, he says, and how, and how with climate change, a lot of farmers aren't able to grow their crops, which is a tragedy for them. We'll talk about using innovation to absolutely solve that problem. Again, nobody wants Bill Gates solving anybody's problem. Um, actually, due to the deliberate war on farmers, we have a lot of farmers aren't able to grow their crops because, you know, they're going after, let's say, the nitrogen. They're doing, going after diesel. They're going after everything. A resource, that is, that makes it possible to grow food efficiently. And a lot of people believe they are setting the world up for a massive uh, famine. In fact, if you look at what's going on in Gaza now, that's a setup for a famine. They are looking to do a famine. They're looking to do the digital IDs. They have digital IDs here in Saudi, by the way, to actually have it. Anyways, it's the Fetch. I'm back with more right after this. most woke and who use the term privileged in that pejorative sense, which means you have to shut the fuck up. (laughs) They are overwhelmingly white, Mm. affluent, and well-educated. In other words, they are the privileged. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the privileged who are telling other white people to shut the fuck up. 
fuck up. And the irony of this self-selected elite is that they're getting down on everyone else for being privileged, but what they really want is more privilege for themselves. It is a kind of greed because on top of having all the money and the great education and all the status, that's not enough for them. Mm. They have to have the moral high ground. Yeah. That white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. Let me tell you a scary story. An economics professor at a local college made a statement that she had never failed a single student before, but had recently failed an entire class. The class had insisted that socialism worked, that no one would be poor and no one would be rich. A great equaliser. The professor then said, OK, we will have an experiment in this class. All grades will be averaged and everyone will receive the same grade. No one will fail, but no one will receive an A either. After the first test, the grades were averaged and everyone got a B. The students who studied hard were upset and the students who studied little were happy. As the second test rolled round, the students who studied little studied even less. And the ones who studied hard decided they wanted a free ride too, so they studied little. The second average test result was a D. No one was happy. When the third test rolled round, the average was an F. As the test proceeded, the scores never improved. As bickering, name-calling and blame all resulted in hard feelings. And no one would study for the benefit of anyone else. To their great surprise, all failed. And the professor told them that socialism would ultimately fail. Because when the reward is great, the effort to succeed is great. When the government takes away all the reward, no one will try or want to succeed. And that is socialism, my friends. A race to the bottom. You are listening to Speak Free Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. Welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live again, intelligent media for the politically aware. I uh, still, we are not good at doing three-hour video broadcasts. That's for sure. I need to better have better equipment. Batteries die. Computer phrases. I'm not sure about these programs. 
But we try. We try. We keep testing. All right. So anyways, you want to join us in the chat room inside the iLive.com. That's inside the iLive.com. You can click on the live chat button and let's see live chat. How are we doing there? And it's still doing pretty well. So again, join us there at the chat room. Or if you'd like, you can go to speakfreeradio.com forward slash iTel. That's speakfreeradio.com forward slash iTel. And what that will do is get you into um, the back end of the studio. If you want to go live, just put a message in the studio itself, and I will pick it up from there, and uh, we will put you on. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, people asking, I don't know about that. Good question. But, uh, yeah, I know video is frozen only because the camera died, and I tried to change the battery. It didn't for whatever function. Who knows? So, anyways, uh I, I understand how to fix that, but I can't use this camera. It's only good for about an hour hour show. So okay, that's why it's that's why it's froze. So thank you for that, but I did see it. All right, let's see here. <clears throat> the you know, let's say we're what is it? We're just starting twenty twenty four. So we have the Iowa caucuses is coming up. Is it Iowa? Yeah, Iowa caucuses are going to come up this week. If you're not familiar with the uh, U.S. political scene, the Iowa caucuses is really the the start. It is the start of the um, campaign, the the real voting campaign that's going to come down to the primaries. Trump obviously is the foregone conclusion winner of the Republican Party. He kind of controls, he dominates the party. There's not a lot that other people can do to prevent that from happening. Uh, all they can try to do is kick him off the ballot, which again, it's the, it's like that's Banana Republic, that's Jewish, and it's not just here. You have a the same situation is now happening in Germany. So the AFD, the alternative for Germany or Deutschland, alternative for Deutschland, AFD, they call it. It's now the second largest party in Germany, I believe. In many areas, it's the number one party. So the ruling coalition, just like they're doing in the United States, is trying to take the AFD, or at least there's talks about taking the AFD off of the voting blocks. And I was just trying to ban the party, which means, okay, we're going to disenfranchise uh, 25% of German voters because we're going to call this extremist. And really it's not. Again, it's traditionalist against the perversions. It's a, it's a traditionalist party against the degenerates. And really we'll have to start playing some type of uh, word game to get that out, you know, you look at these governments, they're run by, by degenerate people, homosexuals, um, transsexuals, Jewish people, which I consider to be genocidalist people based on their support of Israel. And it, it just has to stop. I mean, if we're going to win this thing, we got to put a, got to take the battle back to them. So as you know, there's been many, many cases now where they're trying to get Trump off the ballot. They tried again in Oregon this week. It failed. Uh, they tried it up in Colorado. They technically did it, but he's still going to be on the ballot. Maybe they're not going to count it. You know what I mean? You can vote for him, but they won't count it. I don't know what they're going to do up there. Uh, Maine took them off the ballot. I believe Massachusetts is trying or is going to do it. I'm not sure. There's 24 different, no, there's something like, I think 20 states, 24 states, but there's also another 25 states. Um, 
are warning the court, the Supreme Court, that look, the move by the Democratic-controlled Colorado Supreme Court to actually, con- you know, make this official is um, uh, setting the country up for chaos. You want to you really have chaos on your hands? Go ahead and try to disenfranchise 70% of the population. Think about it. Trump, I'm willing to bet at this stage of the elected, the electoral process, I'm willing to bet Trump has 70% of the people. Seriously. The guy's a rock star. I don't care what you say. The guy's a rock star. No matter where he goes, sells out. Tens, 20, 30,000, 40,000 seat venues. People are waiting along the roads with the flags cheering. The guy's a rock star. He is the greatest political figure, in my opinion, since Adolf Hitler. Okay? He is that popular with the people in the in the United States. Maybe I'm overdoing it. Hitler was probably more popular. He ain't that popular. Um, Putin is exceedingly popular himself. But the Russians have a whole different way of expressing their political ambitions, their political aspirations. It seems to be a whole different part country altogether, how they actually practice things. But Trump's a rock star. So again, you got 27 states out there, I guess it is. Again, uh, backing Trump here. And they're, again, warning that if Trump is actually removed, you're asking for chaos. And, and I kind of agree with that. You know, a lot of people, it's interesting. You, you have people talking more and more about Second Amendment. Not really insurrection, because the insurrection is by the government itself, by the deep state. See, the governments are really not governments. These are corporations. They are providing government services. They're not the government. The government is the people. Now, how this gets framed in the eyes and minds of the people, I'm not so sure yet. But the government remains the people. And how can the people have an insurrection as a people against themselves? They can't. It's not logical. The people are the government. What the people can do is seek to remove the deep state, the technocrats, the ones that are running the country. The the, the smartest way to do it, frankly, the smartest way, is simply to gain control of the Congress, gain control of the purse string, and literally just defund everybody. Defund the FBI. There's no need for them. Defund the CIA. There's no need for them. We'll start all over again. Defund the FDA. There's no need for them. In fact, most of them should be probably put into jail for criminal uh, negligence. Defund the CDC. Again, the same thing. Most, if not all of the CDC, probably 70% of the CDC should be arrested and put into put basically criminal negligence for what they did to the country over the past four years. Um, who else? FDA, same. Um, Department of Transportation, perhaps. National Transportation Safety Board at this stage, maybe, maybe. Not as bad as, of course, FDA and CDC, but certainly there's a problem there. Uh, FBI, forget it. They're just a Mr. Cover-Up. They're just covering up the crimes of the elite. Always have been. They've always been a problem. Who else? Um, Education? Yeah, these guys are pushing uh, DEI. Okay, they're pushing um, Common Core. They're they're pushing such stupidity that most of them should be equally probably thrown into jail, thrown into work camps. 
you know, for basically crimes against the American people, crimes against the children, the medical boards, forget it. So everywhere you look, America is corrupted. And the funny thing is, is that the world truly does understand this. They get the fact that the American people are led by really a bunch of freaking idiots, literally a bunch of freaking idiots. And they actually understand it. The people that don't get it are the American people. Uh, let's see. Have you heard about the Disney move? This is a fairly new move. It was last week, I believe. But you have a franchise called Star Wars. I heard of Star Wars. I remember when Star Wars came out. Had a friend of mine. She's like a crush of mine. And he says, Dennis, Star Wars is going to be big. Star Wars is going to be big. And I'm like listening to her and she had starry eyes. And I'm like, I kind of believed her, but I didn't believe her. And I didn't really think about it, right? This is 1978, 79 when it first came out. Obviously, Star Wars went big, $67 billion now. Well, Disney has decided that a Star Wars, which is an American Jewish, I guess, creation, they're going to hand the entire franchise over to a Pakistani feminist by the name of Sharmin Obeyed Chinoy, who is a World Economic Forum agenda contributor. And she is going to direct the next installment of the movie series, which is due to be released in 2026. Now, how many of you think that a Pakistani feminist, probably LGBTQ equally, is going to be able to properly manage a franchise like Star Wars and make it appeal to the American people. Anybody really think that's possible? You know, the board and the management of Disney by, should be sued by the director, by, by the shareholders for destroying their shareholder value. It's another thing we don't see anymore. We don't see the shareholders actually suing the companies for the problems that they've done. But anyway, $67 billion franchise now going to a Pakistani feminist and an activist, by the way. Not just a feminist, she's an activist. Pfizer's in the news. Um, they're talking uh, that they're investing billions now in treatments. Get this, treatments for coming heart failure pandemic. You know, I swear, these people are so evil, so freaking disgustingly evil. You know, they are going to murder so many people, children, innocent children, mothers, parents. And they're like warning about a heart failure pandemic that never was there until they started to mess with people's DNA. We never had this problem until the Jewish people started to mess with people's DNA. And, and you have to ask yourself, if Jews want to hold us responsible for World War II, and you know they still do. You can go to jail for talking about the Holocaust. Okay, you're holding me responsible for something I had nothing to do and you're not even giving me opinion on it. Then you, you know what? Why don't you just start holding all Jews responsible for the Pfizer warfare against people? Listen, you, yeah, you don't have nothing to do it. Yeah, you did. Just because we said so. It's kind of like you and accusing me of being anti-Semite because I think the Holocaust story is just a bunch of bullshit. 
Well, the fact that you support Pfizer says to me that you're anti-going. In fact, you're supporting genocide. You're an accomplice to genocide. See, that's, I don't know, this is kind of how I'm thinking. How do we start to restructure the language again to make it impossible now? Because it's no longer the traditions have probably, not probably, the traditionalists have the most effective meme army in the world. You know, when you go into Gab or you go into Twitter, you go into various social media sites, the ability of the traditionalists to generate meme after meme with, with a very impressive uh, effect certainly beats the stupidity that comes out of the mainstream media, whether it's the news, whether it's special shows, whether it's advertising, whatever the case may be. However, even though we have this, this uh, superiority and, and we have, there's so many great memists out there, you know, it's very clear that the deep state, the insurrectionists, Will go after you if you remember the uh, uh, what was that guy's name? I forget his. Uh, I think it's something called something Vaughn, something Vaughn, Rudy Vaughn, or something Vaughn, who was a memist on Twitter, and he was put into trial. He's actually expected to go to jail now for being a memist, and uh, people. I don't know. Obviously, it's a, it's a terrible situation that uh, we find ourselves in. But, um, again, uh, this is my thinking. I'm just kind of like Ricky Vaughn. Thank you, Ricky Vaughn. I knew it was Vaughn. I was close. Rudy Vaughn, Ricky Vaughn. Uh, I got a cat here. She's trying to bother me here. Come on, go. Thank you. She's just climbing all over the computer almost. So, uh Again, we just have to really focus on how to restructure the language, everybody. Uh, one thing is they're traditionalists against the degenerates. That would try to drive it home. People start to understanding now because of the pedophilia. People are really starting to understand just the nature of the degeneracy of the ruling elite. Um, everywhere you look, we're being controlled by by uh, LGBTQ, by gay people, like France. Why does France need to be led by an openly gay guy? Again, who said that this is actually supposed to be something we're supposed to tolerate? How does a gay person represent 85%, 90% of the traditionalists? He has no nothing in common with them. He doesn't even understand them. How be a spokesperson to represent 92% of the French people who are traditionalists, as, as an example? How? I don't think it's possible, personally. Um, you have just a, a really sad situation. You know, we had in the Philippines, they were talking about something like 248, 258, 68,000 uh, excessive deaths since 2020 in the Philippines. That's a lot of people not spending time with their families. No longer here. Children, mothers, you name it. But uh, Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, he's been out 
speaking about what's going on with the vaccines again. You have to understand, we're just seeing now the the carnage brought to us by the bioweapon that is known as the COVID vaccine, this, this mRNA bioweapon. So we had a Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she convened a, a meeting. Uh, Dr. McCullough was actually there, delivered a pretty pretty good testimony there. And he's revealing now that numerous complications now are popping up. And, of course, we know quite a bit of this. But one of those now is not just um, the cancers, but we, of course, are having huge numbers or increase in heart failures in the United States now. He mentioned that before COVID-19, he had seen just two cases of myocarditis throughout his entire career. However, he stated that cases of myocarditis are skyrocketing. Of course, we know that. Again, where's the F? Not where is the FDA? Why haven't the FDA, or why hasn't people within the FDA been arrested? That's where this has to go, guys, because we're still stuck in the same scenario where the people responsible for the carnage are allowed to still walk free. You know, Pfizer's buying up companies that are going to treat the things that they cause. We have Jerry Nadler, a Jewish guy. I don't know if you've been watching some of the stuff coming out of Washington, D.C., but these Jews, I swear, these Jews up there, they are the most pompous, arrogant assholes I've seen. They are so anti-American. It is, it's, 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 it's nauseatingly obvious how anti-American these people are. Well, Jerry Nadler, he say we need is Jerry Nadler, of course, is Jewish. He says we need many illegal immigrants as America's population is shrinking. Well, if it's shrinking, it's due to you Jews imposing a vaccine regimen that is killing everybody. So therefore, step number one is to remove the Jews who cause the reason why. The population is declining. The population is declining because Jewish people, literally Jewish people, Jewish organizations, Jewish-run police forces, they get trained by the Israelis. They've created a, a situation where it becomes really impossible for traditionalists to start families and raise families. It's too dangerous. It's too difficult. It's too financially difficult for people. There's too much stress, too much work. So the reason why we're shrinking our population is because of the policies of the genocidal nature of Jewish people inside of our government. It's not just Palestine that is having a genocide committed against them. If our population is shrinking... That means that we are witnessing a genocide against our people. It means that the policies of the government are genocidal. You can't tell me, as a Jewish person, that we need more people because we are shrinking. Because what you're saying is you are committing genocide against the American people. There is zero reason... For the American population, the traditional American population, to be shrinking. None. The only reason it will be shrinking is due to the policies imposed onto the people by these Jewish people. You know, the, for a long time, you had a lot of American people, especially in the State Department, talking about the Uyghurs. And they're talking about the genocide against the Uyghurs. 
And the Chinese said, you know, maybe it's about time that people just start paying attention to American and Western elite policies because in a very real way, we could say that the American and Western elites are themselves committing genocide against their populations. This Jewish guy is an absolute disgusting piece of crap. If the American people, once again, are shrinking, that is a genocide. And it is brought to you by the policies of Jewish people. Don't tell us we need more people in the country. We need immigrants. We need a change of government that creates policies that supports families, that supports growth of our indigenous populations, very much like they are doing in Hungary today. You know, if we were to put this type of policy in America today, where we're going to support family generation, where we're going to give you this benefit, and if you have four children, hell, you get your house for free and no more taxes paid. Jewish people would be screaming to high heaven that this is anti-Semitic. Because they don't have a stake. Who knows why they would call it anti-Semitic. But you and I both know that they would. There's a San Francisco school. How in the hell can you spread anti-Israeli propaganda? The Israelis are their own anti-propaganda. I mean, just pay attention to what Jews are doing, and it, it, you can't help but be anti-Israel. It just makes common sense. Now, I'm not a fan of the Chicago or any of these school boards by any stretch. They're all communist Marxists. But again, according to many Jewish groups, um, San Francisco School District pushes anti-Israeli propaganda onto their students. Oh, gee, that's too bad. Um, Biden, of course, uh, you know, he's trying to wipe out the school debt for all his liberal nutcases. So you get a liberal degree, it doesn't, it's not worth anything. So you're looking at uh, trying to reduce the college expenses. I, you know what I mean? The colleges took the money. The colleges should take it back. Colleges should take a hit. You're providing useless degrees. If you're going to provide a useless degree, then hell, why are we paying you? <laughs> uh, Fannie Willis, who is the Fulton County DA in Georgia. Of course, she's currently trying to go after Trump for quote unquote trying to turn over, turn, you know, turn over the, uh, uh, the election of 2020, you know, whatever they keep saying, that's just so stupid, by the way, for them to even make that claim. Well, anyways, Marjorie Taylor Greene is looking to go after her uh, for misconduct and other allegations. Probably should have happened a long time ago. Um, interesting now, of course, who's going to become vice president? Who's Who's going to be out there? We had another LGBTQ pride, a, a degenerate. One of the degenerates, his name is uh, Sean Gravels. He's a pride leader, whatever the hell that means. He's a degenerate, okay? Just call him a degenerate. He was arrested for pretty much some horrific crimes. And again, these are degenerate people. So they arrested this guy on several charges. They just say horrific crimes. And then we got to go read the story to find out what those crimes were. It's not in the first four. It's not in the, just, okay, he's distributed child pornography. Why don't you just say that? Horrific crimes. 
but basically he's been arrested for crimes against children. Again, it's part of the degenerates. Look at the LGBTQ movement. That's a degenerate movement. You should assume child pornography at this stage. This happened again on December the 31st, so it's kind of just making the news. Um, but it's good. Some board members work directly with youth through library programs. This person was not was uh, not among them. He was doing it secret, see? So you got the public side, which is working with the grooming of children through, uh, you know, book reading, story time, transgender story time, whatever they call those things. And uh, again... These degenerates are a huge problem in the United States. Just a huge, huge, huge problem. Will be, by the way. You know, there's a reason why they were kept out of office, probably. Uh, what else? And uh, again, more news uh, coming out. This is all kind of new, but it's not new. Uh, January the 5th, we have... Uh, Stories coming out now. It's not just the people dying, but uh, oh, jeez, unbelievable. Here's a here's a story. Biden is plowing seven hundred thousand dollars of your money in America. Stop transgender boys from getting pregnant. $700,000 to stop transgender boys from getting pregnant. You want to talk about corruption, theft of, of the uh, national treasury? Well, gee, I would call that just one of them for sure. And again, that's not the story I was looking for. But nonetheless, we're seeing a huge plunge now in population and population, uh, what do you call that, uh, fertility infertility in all of these countries that were highly vaccinated. You know, this country, I, not this country, but I think the world over the next three to four years is going to be very interesting to see just how damaging was the experiment called mRNA and these psychopaths that have sought to put this into play. Anyways, that's this show for the day, for this Saturday. Again, it's been, uh, what, January 13th? to 2024. See you guys next week. Good night.